The reason for Hugo Stiglitz's celebrity among German soldiers is simple. As a German enlisted man, he killed 13 Gestapo officers. Instead of putting him up against the wall, the high command decided to send him back to Berlin to be made an example of. Needless to say, once the bastards heard about him, he never got there. Groovy. Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. Joined with me today is H1N1 Zombies. What's up, everybody? Can I get you more in my ears? There you go. Better? A little, little more in my ears. A little more in your ears. Okay. How about that? Deeper Good? with tongue. D- deep. Ooh, gross. No, there we go. There okay. you go. All right. I can hear you now. What's up, everybody? So we are continuing Tarantino Month. Yes, we are. Our third entry is of course inglorious bastards it's it was quite glorious uh, it despite is the title um so anyway this is a uh oh we'll get into the movie in a second so remember for only just one dollar you could join the party early and often and get a lot of episodes that because uh, we're so early on these episodes there's a lot that you're not going to get in the free feed anymore either they were ridiculous uh, too good to delete or maybe they were a watch-along, for instance, Santa with Muscles. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be special editions. That's only a buck, and you're about a month early with that. And that's at patreon.com slash nightpartypod. We also have a, another tier. Oh, oh, by the way, do you know a dollar also gets you Jeff the Tech's most triggering show ever? I mean, he's like, yeah. He's like wish.com Alex Jones. There you go. There you are. <laughs> Make a wish foundation, <laughs> Alex Jones. Uh, and uh, that, that comes with that, too. Also, uh, for $5... That's that I got five kids to feed. Not only do you get shout outs, but you also get, uh, uh, oh, shout outs such as this Caps and Cork. This wonderful beer we are drinking, we purchased from Caps and Cork, my favorite place to get my micro brews. Um, family owned little business right on the cusp of uh, American Canyon and Vallejo. So if you're in Napa and you're tired of wine, get yourself some damn good beer at Caps and Cork. Uh, $5 also gets you Slime Rec Radio and, of course, The Knife Party <gasps> After Dark, where me and Nick Neo talk shit and overshare. Dude, there's an episode <laughs> we did. I think I can't air it. There, yeah. There's a couple things you probably can't air. Yeah. So I, No, I, no. It's personal stuff, though. It's, oh. not like, it's not like what you think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oversharing? Oh, a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, don't, don't We're overshare. talking about girls and breakups and... Oh. And girls on the side. Oh. Girlfriends. So there's your tease. Maybe if you pay your $5, you can actually hear this. Yeah. Uh, You're giving me a look. (laughs) You're giving me a look. I kind of want to fucking hear it now. (laughs) I know. I'm going to pay $5. Dude, wait till one day when you find the file. uh, It says, do not play until I'm dead. 
yeah. I, I oh, might play in that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's on a certain computer. It's not this one. Let's put it that way. Anyway, um, but so you get uh, four shows for five bucks, which is awesome. And then, of course, at the $20 level, you, uh, which is the Stop the Bike, not only get to, you uh, get to be on the show, you can also you know demand a show and uh, stuff like that. Speaking of demand a show, so we have one week left in Tarantino month. I'm going to throw a voting one of all the, the leftover movies. Now, I don't want to do Kill Bill because I don't want to do Kill Bill 1 and 2. Unless we do a mega episode. I know. I mean, we can. I really don't want to. But I'm throwing it up on the voting. If you vote for Kill Bill, you will get both. Both. And you know how much I hate Kill Bill. So I guess if you want me to, if you want to torture me. But you never know. I might I might have a change of heart on the movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I might be voting for Kill Bill. I, I don't think I've, you know, last time I saw Kill Bill is when this movie came out. So in Glorious Bastards, 2009. Um a unofficial and very different remake from the 1978 film. Which I have not seen. Which I have not seen either, but it is free. I was told this is the version to see. This is definitely the version to see. We have a huge cast in this. So uh, I'm going to rattle off some names. Now, You, these might sound familiar. They might not. So we got Brad Pitt, obviously, at Aldo Reigns. Now, I... was Brad Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> not a normal role for him, but... Yeah, he did a great job. And uh, the funny thing, too, is um, this is the second movie he's in that has a big plot point with film projecting. And also, this is the second Tarantino movie he's in where he plays a stuntman. Remember at the end in the movie theater part? He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? No, I didn't I didn't even realize that. I put it together. I'm like, huh, he's a stuntman in, in Once Upon a Time. Um it's got uh, Christoph Waltz. Chris, of course, Christoph Waltz, who is evil. <laughs> evil, dude. He made uh, the top ten villain list of the. That was a uh, one of the top ten things I did last year. Um, so he made that list most definitely. Um, his cowardless cowardness at the end, though, is kind of a little, you know. But we got Eli Roth, the, uh, the director, of course, of Cabin Fever, Hostel, etc. Yeah. Have you seen, dude? Cabin Fever is great. Hostel sucks, but all of his other movies are really good. Have you seen? Hostel was god awful. It barely is barely watchable. It's just torture porn. It is. And Cabin in the Woods, like it was like okay, this is kind of cool. Cabin Fever, I mean. Yeah, that one. Sorry, the Cabin in the Woods is actually good. Sorry, I didn't mean to disparage that. Cabin Fever. The guy pours bleach on his dick. Actually, it was Listerine, but yes. Still, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, that movie's great. I like that movie, but also he had a couple other movies you probably have never seen that are actually very good. His uh, catalog of, of some of the movies he's done is actually really good, and they just flew under the radar. Um, anyway, so yeah, you got him. He plays the Jew Bear. And then we have a bunch of the other soldiers that you probably don't know their names. A lot of these are actually German and French actors. Of course, Mike Myers makes a cameo. That was awesome. Yes, it is awesome. I, I love... Uh, uh, oh, and Magneto. Whoa, 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 whoa. Magneto, how now? Uh, the, uh, was it? The, was it? The British officer. That's what... Oh, that is Three young beers. Magneto. Yeah. Yeah, what's that guy's name? I'm looking right here. It's I'm, I'm just seeing Magneto. Michael, uh, Michael Fastbender? Fastbender, that's yeah, him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing in this. He's my favorite character. I get really, really pissed off Until when he Until he fucks up. Exactly. Um, I saw this at a midnight showing. Um, I saw it when it came out. 
Uh, this is the second time that I've ever seen it. It made $120 million, which is pretty good. I do not know what the budget is. It probably was a huge budget. I don't think this was... It's funny because Quentin Tarantino movies age like fine wine. I think that after Kill Bill 2, like the excitement of this movie was kind of eh, because a lot of people didn't like Kill Bill 2. They love Kill Bill 1. I'm the I'm the, the odd man out where I think number two is great and number one is garbage. A lot of people think number two is better. It's just it I don't it's just grittier. You it know? is. It's grittier, it's more of a spaghetti western than it is, you know, a Hong Kong action flick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that, you know, even though I like the cheesiness of one. Number two is better. Number two is a better film. I number one's an anime, like it, it, yeah. it's a live action anime, basically, like kind of like Ultraviolet or or uh, one of those. Did you ever see that movie? You would like it. I saw Ultraviolet. It was interesting, but I'm like, man, could this rip off Aeon Flux anymore? Right. Yeah. Right. Not. <laughs> and then I saw Aeon Flux live action. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to my Aeon Flux and Liquid Television. Thank you. Yes. MTV at like two in the morning in Dude. the nineties. I used to that show rewatch it. It is fucking disgusting. Like it's just gr- like it's gross and like uh, like people licking eyeballs and shit and catching yeah a it, lot of and, and torture porn actually. But it's animated. And it has a really cool art style. So it does. It, it, if if you wanted to know what comic books look looked like in the nineties, watch Aeon Flux. Yeah, yeah. When, when they kicked ass. Um. It's got an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? And the crowd agreed, giving it an 88. Really? Now, I already know that... I know you like this movie. I do. But I don't think you love this movie. I don't love, love it, no. Because, unfortunately, it carries the Tarantino name, and it has that, you know, legacy to live up to. There are certain things that are weird about it. Certain things are kind of off. The pacing's a little weird, and it's all over the place. Oh, it's still a great movie. Did I mention hmm. that $20 members and above at Stop the Bike level are getting their Fuck the Knife Party t-shirts made very, very, very soon? <gasps> Just in time for March. I'm going to need one. I know you are. So if you guys join now, when you join, please email me and just tell me your t-shirt size. These these shirts will not last, and they do say fuck. There's no, like, whatever. And they are. Oh, the you t- didn't believe them? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm, I cannot wait to wear that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So um, you say it's all over the place now. Do you mean, like, you don't like how it's not f- as as real? It's too fiction, or? No, uh, the <sighs> I don't mind the fictional, uh, you know, alternate timeline thing. I'm pretty cool with that. When I say all over the place, I mean, like, how it ends, how certain people's stories end, um, people's characters flipping on a dime. Not like, uh, we'll get into it. But Okay. Are you asking for a rating right now? I'm asking for a rating right now. I'm not going to talk this. I'm not going to try to change your opinion because we don't have Antonius here as a good, like, moderator. Mm -hmm. In a funny way... Um, it's funny, speaking of fucking politics, it seems like I and you will always be kind of on the same page, but not when it comes to a movie. And all of us will, either I will try to upsell the movie or you'll try to upsell me the there movie. There are those rare movies. And then and then there's Antonius in the middle, who's the who's the adjudicator, you know, mm-hmm. going, whoa, 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 guys. All right, yeah. hold on. So without him here, it's going to be hard for me to upsell this movie to you because I think my rating is going to be a lot higher than yours. How much higher? What are you giving this? Certified crow status, 90 dead even. Really? Yep. We are not that far off. Okay. Because I actually did some calculations in my head. I was at like an 85 originally, and I'm like, you know what? It's a little bit better than that. I was giving it an 87. 
the style of this movie, the music, how it goes along with it. The music drug it down a little bit for me. Really? A lot of it is really good. A lot of it's really well done. A lot of it's kind of period accurate or at least fits the vibe. Some of the songs are kind of weird. Like when she's getting ready. Yeah, the the David Bowie song. Yeah, um, that was kind of off-putting. It didn't kind of fit. I, I didn't like it. The first time I saw that movie, I agree with you, but just seeing it right now with you, I'm going to say I think that is a very appropriate choice. Plus, I can't I, help myself. I'm a David Bowie fan. I, I love David Bowie, but David Bowie has a time and a place. And this is it's true. Not in 1944 occupied France. <laughs> I mean, but like when you see Seven, David Bowie makes sense there. When you, yeah. when you see uh, fucking Starship Troopers, David Bowie makes sense there. Um, is David Bowie in Starship Troopers? Uh, yeah, well, it's a cover of one of his songs. I have not been to Oxford Town, all is well. Oh. Yeah, that's a David Bowie song. Like, st- note for note. We still need to do Starship Troopers. I already did. Twice. You did? Yeah. Where it, the fuck was I? It was like one of the, sh- I think it's episode 16 or something. It was like one of the early, early episodes. You were on like a couple of weeks later for the first time, like right after that. Oh. I mean, we can, I, you know what we'll do? One, we need to do Total Recall and then we'll rank the Vinderhoven movies and we'll rewatch them and, and kind of talk about, you know. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So we'll do kind of like a, a, a Vinderhoven rank, seeing how he is my favorite director. And this is my second favorite director being Quentin Tarantino. Um, so I'm giving you 90, you're getting 85. So I'm actually, no, I was giving it an 87, 87. Cool. So 88, yeah, we then. weren't too far off. So we'll just round to an 88. And- uh, oh, wait, wait, no, no, uh, we, uh, we got to give it an 89, 89. I'm not giving a Nazi movie an 88. Oh yeah. That's not cool. No, nope. dude. I just put that shit together. You didn't do that on purpose. No, I did not do that on a purpose. Yeah. We, yeah, we're not doing that. No. It, okay. We're, you we're, know, you know, how I feel about those scumbags. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're not. No, so congratulations, it gets an 89. 89, all right, cool. So there you go. Because we're not fucking doing that. No, we are not giving it an H and an H. So uh, yeah, 89 it is. So we, we are on par with everybody. So apparently the audience, the critics, and most importantly, we agree with it. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and uh, throw on the old uh, trailer and we'll get into it, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Send it. Send in the clowns. Loading, sorry. I, I got the circle going around. Beach ball of death? Yeah, it's spinning. Oh, here we are. All right. Shh, shh, the movie's starting. Shh, 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 shh. It's the best part of the movie is the credits. Ten hut! I'm putting together a special team. We're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. Sound good? Yes, sir! I'm gonna assume you know who we are. Everybody in the German army's heard of you. You probably heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business. We in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, business is a booming. <laughs> if you ever wanna eat a sauerkraut sandwich again, take your wiener schnitzel like your finger and point out on this map what I wanna know. I respectfully refuse. Hey Donnie! Guys German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. An American Secret Service outfit lives deep behind enemy lines. The Germans call them the Bastards. These Yanks have been them the devil. We're all tickled to hear you say that. The Germans are throwing a gala premiere. In attendance will be most of the German high command. 
You'll rendezvous with our double agent. She'll take it from there. You're getting us in that premiere. It's suicide. What else are we gonna do? Go home? So what's the plan? We punch those goons out, take their machine guns, and burst in there blasting. Is that the plan? That's about it. Or not. There's something you don't know. Hitler is attending the premiere. Getting a whack on Adolf makes us a horse of a different color. We have all our rotten eggs in one basket. The objective of the operation, blow up the basket. I won't give you a little something you can't take off. You're getting pretty good at that. You're now in the hands of the SS. My hands, to be exact. Nine, 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 nine. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So there you go. That's uh, our trailer. And I noticed something. Did you notice something? They're zombies. Uh, yeah, I noticed they actually discussed their plan for punching out the guards. Half the dialogue. In that, I swear to God, was not in not the, movie. the movie. Yeah, like yeah, the plans about punching them out um, and taking the machine guns. Everyone's heard of you. They cut it. It was everyone heard of Hugo Stieglitz. Mm-hmm. They cut it just at the right moment, so it sounds like he says you. Um, yeah, there was a lot of shit in there that was uh, not in. Let me check yeah. this down. I actually there. like that when when movies come out and they do a trailer and it has like. A alternate scene, yeah, yeah, alternate yeah. scenes, or it gives you the vibe of the movie without fucking spoiling it. There are a lot of movies that come out nowadays, and they throw out a two and a half minute trailer, and it's like, I think I just saw the fucking end fight. What the fuck? Yeah, the cool thing about this trailer, I mean, if you just listen to it, um, is it's it's only like the beginning of the movie almost, and then like a little bit of the plan. They don't give away shit, or like. Here's here's an example to be trevident. Uh, the new Godzilla X Kong movie, where you have Godzilla who's like Super Saiyan Rose Pink. You have uh, King Kong whoa, whoa, with whoa, the whoa. fucking Dude. Infinity Gauntlet running at something. I'm like, guaranteed, that's the last three minutes of the movie. So there's a new movie coming out. Like, uh, is it like a one of the holy fuck? The you don't Monarch know about series? this, is? Dude. The last Godzilla movie I had my dick hard for was uh, uh, minus one. You know this. This movie looks so bad, and it's making minus one look even better. Dude, minus God- one is a masterpiece. Godzilla, it makes it look better. Godzilla X Kong. Godzilla goes Super Saiyan Rose. Like he has glowing pink spines and pink eyes, and he's Dude, I did full see that running, oh. running. With Godzilla beh- or with King Kong behind him, and King Kong has a fucking like Infinity Gauntlet looking fucking thing on his hand now. Not just not just the fucking Stormbreaker axe. He has a fucking so, Magic Kong so Gauntlet. We went from one of the most adult versions of Godzilla to one of the most uh, adolescent. Is what you're saying? Like, I mean, in terms of writing. Well, no, Son of Godzilla still exists with uh, Manila. Oh, <laughs> Not Gatsuki. Gatsuki's from the show. You no, but yeah, Manila. Yeah. Yeah, he bo- blows those fucking smoke rings. Yep. Speaking of smoke rings, this movie starts off, and I said, this might be one of the best opening scenes for a movie, and you said no. One of, maybe, throw it in the top ten, for sure, but I, I know that there are much better cold openings out there. Okay, I'll tell you why I like it. I like it because I, the tension. Now, Quentin Tarantino movies usually always, with the exception of like Pulp Fiction, 
No, Pulp Fiction does too. They always start out with a conversation where you kind of get to know the characters, mm-hmm. whether they be main or side, right? Usually it's kind of like one main character and one side character just to show what the main character can do. And usually it's uh, the people that are pretty nefarious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in this one, we start off and you see Christoph Waltz's character, uh, I think he's cur- uh, Corporal or Colonel? Colonel. Colonel Hans, yeah. Yeah, Hans Lander. Hans Lander. So he's going to a dairy farm. Uh, and uh, uh, it's a French dairy farm. And, of course, he's uh, um, there to look for Juice. Or Lancer. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Yeah. So he's there to look for Jews, you know, and uh, he comes in and he's suave. And he's, I'm not going to say he's charming, but he's manipulative to the point where, like, you could he could sell you ice, you know what I mean? Like lawful he, evil high charisma stat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nat twenty intimidation Th- check. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and negotiation and bluff. Yes. And everything else. This guy, like, um but he sweats this dairy farmer without even threatening violence. No. Just kind of having this cool, calm, collected conversation where he seems like he's your friend, yeah. but really he's you know threatening you without actually doing yeah, it. Yeah, he sits down and he goes, hey, you know, so now I'm in charge and uh, you probably- Because know- of the implication. Yeah, you know who I am, obviously. Yeah, you're the Jew hunter. Ah, you know, you know, I actually like my title. I think I've earned it because I, a Jew is like a rat and the German is that of the hawk, but I could think like a rat. And- He's he's just going over stuff. He goes, uh, so uh, the um, what was the uh, the family name? Um, I don't remember the family. Uh, I'll remember it because uh, there's an actor with the the last name, um, not Sternavins. Um, anyway, it don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, and he's like, uh, so you know, what were their ages? Where did they live? And uh, do you know what happened to him? And he goes, well, I've heard rumors. He goes, ooh, rumors. He goes, facts are such boring, but rumors, whether they be true or not, there's always a shed of something to them. So uh, he goes, oh, they went to um, the Dreyfuses. Yeah. The Dreyfuses. They went to Spain. Spain. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. And then, um, so, uh, uh, but he kind of detains that he knows them very easily by how he knows their names and their ages. I think that's how he figures it out. And then he wants to smoke his pipe. He right, does. and so he does, and then he goes, "Would you mind if I smoke my pipe?" And he pulls out something that this looks like, massive horn-looking thing. Dude, yeah. it looks like a fucking baritone saxophone. It's I think huge. I think if he blew into it, it like, would make Gondor noise. would call for aid. You know, it's funny because we were like Gondor. <laughs> Line of the day. Oh. Line of the day. So it's something else that he did that kind of freaked me out is he walked in and he looked at the three girls. One had brown hair, one had black hair, and one had blonde hair. Yeah. And that was the one he went up to and said she was beautiful and kissed her hand. Yeah, and others. he goes, uh, uh, each lovely than the, the rest. Yeah. Or, and those girls were underage. Yeah. Epstein Island shit right there. Because mm-hmm. And plus the, girl, plus, the girl, the brunette was actually the hottest one anyway. Speaking of which, that just happened uh, yesterday, so we're waiting on a list of names, eagerly. Yes. With a wood chipper. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, I know. For legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for Face the Mirror, because that's actually going to be the next one. Oh, is that really? We're doing a whole special on, on that list. On on who's going into the wood chipper? And we might we might speculate what would be some creative fun punishments. Not saying that we want them to happen. We're just saying that, you know, 
like maybe like you know if someone made a movie here's yeah, what would be yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. sell like iron maiden or you know shark infested waters or uh, whichever torch uh uh no actually you know what um they actually found out the most painful uh torture that they would do in medieval times is where you put somebody upside down so that way the blood always goes to the head so it keeps them alive and you slowly cut from the genitals down Oh, being sawn in half that way, yeah. But slowly, so they get like a pendulum to do it. I forgot what machine. There used to be an actual machine that they used to do this, and they, they God, uh, people were fucked up back then. I know. Well, dude, have you ever seen the rape chair? Uh, pfft, yes, I know what you're talking the about. The last one was destroyed like publicly. Publicly. Um, oh, speaking of medieval torture, did you know the last beheading happened in France in uh, via guillotine in 1972? I believe it. The French love their guillotines, man. They love their guillotines. Dude, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, all the shit that was going down with French last year, I'm like, I'm like, where are the guillotines? I thought you guys liked your guillotines. All right. <laughs> what would you prefer? Let's say let's say you had to be executed. You know, you did something like badass cool. Not badass evil, but badass cool, but, you know, the government. I committed a cool crime. Exactly. Yeah, I, I you know, what, for whatever reason, uh collapse the banking system all right and i'm gonna be yeah executed. yeah yeah you you pulled some like fight club shit yeah i pulled some tyler durden shit there you yeah go. and i'm gonna so, be executed for it yeah what about it all right let me get so that's a cool crime. shopping block old school mm. electric chair they don't do that anymore i'm talking about ones they don't do anymore so chopping block electric chair impalement now that's kind of now let's take that off the list because no one's going to choose that uh guillotine so chopping block meaning dude with axe or guillotine Hanging or uh, firing squad. Uh, cigarette and everything. You get the cigarette, you get the bandana. Give me the headsman. Headsman? I'm going firing squad, dude. No, no, no. I, I, w- I want the headsman. The guy with the big sword or the big axe. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, yeah I would even Give me let the you, headsman. I would even let you choose sword or axe. Ooh, you could get like a scimitar, you know, like the curved blade. No, no, that's good for slicing, not really good for chopping. You know, what? either, you know, because at that point, I really probably, don't care. You know? Probably the axe would be quicker, <coughs> but I think I think the the sword might be sharper. It might be sharper, but I've I've heard that getting the head cut off when they did experiments on it, it crushes your your uh, nerve system quicker. True. Like I mean, that split second means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because if you cut somebody's head off with a guillotine or the uh, or a sword, their head will actually roll around and can blink and you move know what? around. In honor of Tarantino Month, and uh, the way I would actually katana? like to go, yeah, katana, katana decapitation. Ah, I'll take with, that. How about with a seppuku though, where you do both at the same time? Oh yeah, the yeah actually the se- do the belly cutting and then yeah no yeah that I'll, I'll take that. You're gonna take the samurai's way. But out? I, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll take. I'll go that the honorable way. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. What about you? I gotta go firing squad. The, firing squad with this, a lucky strike. And a lucky strike. That's right. Yeah, I gotta go firing squad. Just there's something romantic about it. Yeah, I don't like the look of it though. It's like, eh, no. Like, you don't like you, the look of it. You can go badass with the, with with the headsman, dude. On mine, though, I wouldn't want be one of those guys that has like you know twenty guys shooting and only one of them has a bullet. I'd say, give them all bullets, please. Yeah. Give one guy a blank just so maybe he's that guy. And you're hoping everybody there's like an ace marksman. <laughs> you're, you're hoping nobody's just going to, oh, I got him in the wrist. Got to go again. <laughs> you center mass, motherfucker. Center mass. Get it. Get it. <laughs> yeah. So um, back to Tarantino. Month. He he determines, 
you know, that he's hiding uh, enemies of the state, as he says. And he, uh, you know... Well, he but, switches to English. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets he, him to confess, and he's like, "Well, nobody's running, so I'm assuming they don't, they don't speak, speak English." English. And he's like, "No," and he goes, "No," and then uh, and he pretends to call the daughters back in. Yeah, he goes, uh, "Come in, ladies," and then uh, he points with his pipe, and then fucking Swiss cheeses the floor, but Shashari gets away. The fuck did you just say? Or Shoshana? Not not even close, man. What was her? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so my Sharona starts running out of my the- Sharona. <laughs> well, later on, her name is um, Shalashaska. Shalashaska, <laughs> revolver, <laughs> brothers. Yes. Okay. Ah, oh, dude, I can't wait to play that game. Uh anyway, um, Shaquille O'Neal starts running through the field. <laughs> Shaq himself. <laughs> yeah, and oh, then he's about she's covered in blood. Yeah, he's about to shoot her, Hanses, and then he goes poop stick when she gets out of range. Yeah, just ah, uh, well, like. He's really going to make that shot with a pistol? And he's just holding it. He's looking at it. Ah, well, guess not. I, but, I mean, the thing, I think the reason why he does it is he's thinking, I'm going to get you anyway. Just a matter of time. You know, I got I got your family. Like What, what I originally thought was he was going to track her and she was going to lead him to other Jews. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I... She obviously goes later and finds her aunt and uncle, you know, uh, four years later. We'll get if to that's that. real, if that's or if that's just a cover story. But so next we have um, what we saw in the trailer, and this is uh, Aldo Reigns is putting together his bastards unit. It's eight Jewish soldiers, which I have to admit, Brad Pitt's like opening best, yeah, best character acting bit. This is him not just being Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. Because Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt for a long time. Yeah, this like is him se- actually... Like, when you watch and- Seven, that's just Brad Pitt. When you watch Legends of the Fall, that's just Brad Pitt being Brad Pitt. For I- the for the Gen Zs listening, Brad Pitt was like our Chris Pratt. He was in everything. And he was just himself every single fucking time. Ah, until... Until, until- Micho Black. Yeah. Rewatch it. He yeah. acts like a newborn child. Like, he really does... And also, too, dude, speaking of, like, someone intimidating without being intimidating, fucking meet Joe Black at the end when he's, like, you know, just making fucking demands and threats. Dude, he's pretty scary. He goes, when he talks about, like, uh, the dude, um, how he's going to lock him in a room for eternity without windows, and you won't be counting the days, the months, or the years, you'll be counting the millennia. <laughs> like he's I like, need to rewatch Meet Joe Black. I don't remember it enough. Yeah, dude, Meet Joe Black's great. Um, anyway, but yeah, he he was in everything, and he was very much himself a lot of the time. Because after Meet Joe Black was, or it, it, either they were within a year from each other, I believe, was Fight Club, and that's where he yep. wasn't just Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah, he was actually trying to be someone else. He was still kind of Brad Pitt. But not, not by the end of the movie, though, when Durden gets nuts. No. That's no. what's cool about it. You kind of see him, like, change and evolve, you know? Um, anyway, Brad Pitt actually does. He At first, you think he's hamming it up, but then, by the end of the mo- but, but then by the end of the movie, he just has the character down so well. You know, um, so uh, Aldo Reigns is, is a really cool character. He's uh, a, a, a bootlegger from Tennessee, and he's got um, Apache blood in him. And so his idea is to do guerrilla Apache warfare where, you know, not wearing uniforms, not following the rules of war, scalping, intimidating, doing some Vlad the Impaler shit, 
to yeah. uh, scare the hell out of the enemy. Actively defiling the corpses. And uh, leaving always one alive to tell the tale to the other survivors and marking him with a swastika on the head because you can't take that off. Nope. Which was such a badass thing. It is. Well, you know, Quentin Tarantino did write Natural Born Killers, and Natural Born Killers did have something like that in it. Remember? Mickey and Mallory Knox, the killers, would always leave I one. I don't remember Natural Born Killers well enough. I saw it, like, in the 90s. I don't remember it. Dude, we got to cover it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good. It's Oliver Stone doing Quentin Tarantino, and Quentin Tarantino hates it, meaning you know it's good. <laughs> because if Quentin, because Quentin Tarantino, I'm sorry, dude. The guy does not like good movies. He just makes good movies. Like his favorite movies are like what? Really? Actually, you know what his favorite favorite movie is? Hmm. Battle Royale. He, okay, no, Battle Royale is a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah, so he does like good movies, and I know he likes Akira. Yeah, but he likes a lot of like just spaghetti westerns that weren't even the good ones, just the ones that are, you know, and he likes a lot of 70s grindhouse films and he loves black exploitation films, which yeah. they are good ones, but I'm just saying that and samurai movies. And old samurai movies, yeah. Yeah, if if Akira Kurosawa directed it, it's one of his favorites. There you go. Or uh god, I forgot. Who's the guy who directed Replacement Killers? Um it doesn't matter. Uh so yeah, anyway, this elite team is all with, um, like I said, uh, all Jewish so, uh, soldiers that really, really... Most of them Jewish-American. A yeah. couple of them, you know, from... Uh, one of them's from Austria. Yeah. Where's the other one? Oh, the other one's German. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, uh, that's Hugo Stieglitz. And yeah. uh, we, we played you the beginning. I just thought that was way too badass of an intro not to use it. He's the only one who gets that intro. I know! And then, yeah. of course, Sam Jackson narrates it, which makes it even more. If Sam Jackson narrates anything, it's more badass. But if check check one of the Tarantino boxes, Sam Jackson's, Jackson's in, it. in it. And we do have one scene with a foot, but it is a clean and sexy foot, actually. Yeah, she's not. I would lick those toes. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. We have a thing for feet, man. Yeah, no, she she doesn't have the nasty, gross-looking claws like the girl from... Uh, if you believe in that, by the Jackie way. Brown, yeah. Yeah. Um, no Pam Greer in this, though, unfortunately. Dude, I have developed a crush on Pam Greer after watching Jackie Brown twice. Yeah, when I first watched Jackie Brown, I was way younger, but now it's like... Now hi. that she's more our age? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hello. Hello, exactly. <laughs> God, her hair is so beautiful, you just want to smell it. Mm-hmm. And then she talks to the side of her mouth all cute and shit. Anyway, uh, so... Um, this unit is a uh, uh, German, uh, German. Um, what would you call it, platoon, uh, captured, and they are torturing him by scalping him one by one, and there's only a few. Uh, well, we don't get there first. Ah. We get the 99999 yes. meme that you know took over the internet, uh, <clears throat> where you know the Fuhrer is obviously very upset you know, because of the exploits of the bastards. Don't call him the Fuhrer. That sounds so... Ugh. That's how they refer to him in the movie. Just call him Hitler. Evil mustache man. Why don't you just refer to him as Hitler? Okay, yeah. So Hitler. Yeah. Starts, he's all pissy. Yeah, he's pissy. He's throwing a hissy fit. I'm. You, you could tell he's the kind of guy who threw hissy fits in real dude, life. Dude, Hitler is like, okay, you know in the movie um, uh, 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 Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, how Napoleon's just like a dick and a sore loser and all that shit? You know Why? That was actually written to be Hitler, and they thought it was like not, yeah, family. But they kept all the dialogue and shit. <laughs> so yeah, he would be like, you know, the, like if you got ice cream, he would stop you and be like, "That is my ice cream," you know, <laughs> you know, like when he would bowl and he goes, "Shit, shit, shit, shit," because that scene is the same scene from uh, uh, Bill and Ted. 
Remember when he bowls and he gutter balls and he just goes, fuck, 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 fuck. I don't remember. You don't remember that part? No. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen Bill and Ted. Well, uh, you know you have to watch it on June the 9th, right? I remember that was a significant day. 69, dudes. 69. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Back to this movie. Anyway, so, yeah, evil mustache man, you know, uh, Charlie Chaplin's uh, evil twin <clears throat> up there and he's losing his shit. And then he calls in this uh, young private, talks to him, and he's like, what happened? And he's the one telling about what happened yeah. with to his platoon at the hands of the bastards. And, and this is, yeah, and then, uh, you know, he's just like, show him it, and then, but but it cuts back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, where it's like... Uh, it's him telling the story. Yeah, it's him telling the story uh, to um, Hitler, uh, but, a, you know, the first guy, the, the officer will not put other Germans' men's lives at risk because he goes, all right, now I know there's an orchard just up the way, and that would be a sniper's delight. So here's what I want you to do. Take your sauerkraut-eating finger right there and point on this map, tell me where they are, what artillery they have, and how, how many? many of them are there. And he goes, like, I will not put uh, uh, you know, lives at risk. And he goes, have you ever heard of that? That's the bear Jew. And you just hear this baseball bat that being hit against concrete. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. You know, and then uh, he's like, have you you heard of us? I know you heard of the bear Jew. And he goes, yes, he is a giant Jew who beats people with club. He's got a goddamn baseball bat is what he's got. Yeah. <laughs> and, dude, it gets really creepy, right? And then uh, he goes, like, I refuse. And he goes, uh uh, we got a German who wants to die for country. Oblige him. And then out walks little EY, Eli Roth. Now, if you don't know, Eli Roth is not really that big of a guy. The way they filmed it, he looks massive, though. Yeah. Well, he is, he is, I believe, 6'1 or 6'2. But the way that this, they describe the bear Jew it is like he, he's supposed six to be 6'9 or yeah. something, you know? And he comes out and uh, he sees the Iron Cross and he goes, what did you get that for? Killing Jews? And he goes, bravery. Now, I thought that was kind of very cool because when he puts the bat to him, he doesn't flinch. Like, he is brave. But, dude, does he get his fucking head bashed in? Oh, uh, it was satisfying to watch. I know. I love seeing a, a fucking Nazi get bludgeoned to death. Yep. There's an, like, it's the best, right? Yep. He turned him into a good Nazi. Now, when I saw this in the theater. they're only good Nazis when they're dead. dead Nazi. I, I remember when I saw this in the theater, and it was a midnight showing. There's a seat two rows up from us and to the side, and there was like a commotion going on during this. I'm like, huh, interesting. I'll get back to them in a second. It was a couple, white couple, very punk rocky looking. We'll get back to them later on. So um, then uh, Quentin Tarantino is actually one of the captured officers, mm -hmm. right? And uh, he's it the looked like it, but I wasn't sure that was him. No, no, I saw the the credits. Mm. So. Um, the the two privates there, one of them tries to run away, and then uh, he gets shot, and they're like, God damn it, bring the last one over here alive so we can have somebody to fucking question. And he just points right there without even, like, you know. Yeah, just right there. Right there. Right there. <laughs> Answers all the questions. Answers all the questions, and of course it is, well, what are you going to do when the war's over? He's going to hug his mom. Okay, that's great. Uh, what about this uniform? He says he's going to burn it. That's the problem. We don't like that. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, well, we want to be able to identify our Nazis. He's going to give him something that he can't take off. And this is the first of many um, of he carves the swastika dead on his head. And it's not like 
a, a little thing. It's on the center of your the forehead. Whole forehead. And the whole forehead. Yeah, you're not covering this with a hat. No. Uh, maybe a bandana, but they weren't popular at the time. No. No. Uh, Nor the beanie. Nor the beanie, yeah. You know what? I think they had beanies in World War II, though. Maybe. I, I'm pretty sure GIs had them. Um, uh, I know, like... Russians did at least they did an enemy at the gates. I think they had Russians had the Yushanka hat. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the furry hat that's made yeah. out of a rat, uh, a rabbit, a rabbit. Oh, well, it's a rodent. Who cares? It's in the Seinfeld episode. I know that bottles in the heat, Jerry. Bottles in the heat. So uh, after this, yeah, um, uh, Hitler sees the the marking and he goes, "Here's what happened. Uh, you were attacked and you got away, and don't." You know, don't talk about this to yeah, anyone. Don't tell anyone. No details. Nothing. Because he doesn't. Because um, Brad Pitt tells him, like, listen, you can't tell him you told us because they're going to shoot you. Yeah. So you're going to tell him that, you know, you we let you go to spread our fear amongst the ranks. Yeah. And Hitler's like, no, don't do that. Don't tell anybody. So, so this is why it makes was, it believable. This is why I was talking about the whole um, natural born killers thing. Mickey and Mallory Knox would always leave one survivor to tell the tale to like bring more fear, yep. you know? So yeah. Um, now Quentin Tarantino didn't direct that, but he did write it. So probably that's the reason why he uh, wanted to use it. Cause it's, it is a cool kind of idea and um, he never got to use it in the movie. Now, after this, um, if I'm not mistaken, we go back to uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. So, Shalashaska. Um, Her new name is uh, uh, Emmanuel? Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yes. And then uh, she- She is French. She has a, uh, a, a, a boyfriend that works with her at the cinema. They own a cinema now. And his name is uh, Marcel. Marcel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they run this place now- this one Nazi private is like harassing her constantly, like just bothering her, just being like, you know, yeah, pushy. It's like she's obviously not into you, bro. And, and but the, he's playing this like, you know, this this smitten puppy dog. Yeah, you know where he's like, oh, I'm in love with you. I'm following you around, and she's like, fuck, yeah, off, off, yeah. And he can't tell why, but yet everywhere he goes, he's a fucking celebrity. And she's like, look, like, like officers are coming to him and wanting to shake his hand and get his autograph. And she's like, who are you? Like someone's son or something? She goes, most Germans are somebody's son. And she goes, you know what I mean? And then he tells the story about how he was at a, he was a sniper that held off the Americans for three days, killing 300 soldiers. Yep. And um, they're making a movie about him called Nation's Pride. Which, by the way, when... Anything involving white people in the word pride is kind of usually a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, it's usually not great. <laughs> Just, it's usually like a, woo, pump the brakes there, guy. <laughs> yeah. It's but, like, these, hey, but these are Nazis we're talking about. So. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that ruined it for everyone. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, you know. I know. Right? <laughs> hey, you and, know what, though? Me and Jeff were talking about this. Mm. White people ended slavery, though. Hey, that's one good thing, at least in America. 400 years too late, bud. Uh, well, I, well, actually, a couple thousand. Also, actually, didn't. We did our best. Yeah, slavery is still legal in the United States. It is? If you're a prisoner. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's it true. It actually says that in the 13th Amendment. So, yeah, no, 
slavery no, still legal in the United States. Think about this though, especially around the Mediterranean, all around the world, slavery is like a still a practice thing. Epstein Island again. There we go. Back to Jesus him. Christ, and that son of a bitch. Okay, you know I take back what I said. Let's go back to Nation's Pride. Yeah. So um, this movie is uh, a biopic about him that stars him, and it's and uh, he he portrays himself. And uh, this is part of propaganda films that were actually uh, made or at least uh, helped being made by Goebbels. Yep. So fucking Baron Zemo here, who's, uh, what's his name? Zola? Uh, jog my memory. The the sniper guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. he plays Baron Zemo in the MCU. I know you haven't seen it, but. No, no. Oh, oh, the do Marvel. Me- okay. Do you remember Marvel Comics? Uh, do you know Captain America's like villains at all? Uh, Red Skull, uh, Red Skull Doctor Doom, um, Baron Zemo at all? No. Purple Mask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Him. He plays uh, Zemo. Oh. Well, dude, the weird thing is, I swear, there's something about that guy's profile when you see his eyes and his forehead that reminds me of myself. Like, not from a nose down, but from, like, eyes up. He does a lot of weird facial expressions with his, with his eyeballs, I do, and it bothers me. Anyway, that's just like something personal that this actor has always bothered me because he's like, it just looks like familiar. And no, gross. I know what you mean. I, I I have a doppelganger and it freaks me out all the time. Yeah. like And just like the way he, he like uh, is um, arrogantly charming. Yes. I, I've shown you my doppelganger, right? Every dwarf in the Lord of the Rings series? Uh, No, worse. I'm kidding. No, you've seen, I've shown you my doppelganger, right? Have I not? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Type it up, dude. Uh, I don't know if I want to show you this. Look up. <laughs> Uh-oh. That bad, huh? Wake Me Up by Home Free. Wake Me Up by Home Free. Yeah. So there's a... And then go halfway through the, through the, through the video. And it's creepy how much this dude looks like me. I just want to see a picture of this fucker. No, just pull up the video because the way he moves, the way he blinks, the way he blinks, right? The way he blinks, the way he talks, the way his mouth moves, it bothers the shit out of me. You've seen me. I've, yeah, this guy. Pull up, pull up. I'm I'm, I'm seeing pictures right now. This guy is, uh, I've never shown you this. Are they a boy band? Uh, They are a country acapella cover band. Okay, well, that guy does kind of, yeah, you know what? He looks like if you and um God, what's that dude's name? Uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm getting a little uh, zombie vibe from him. Yeah, just a little bit. Real creep, real creepy. I don't, I don't like it at all. But so I get you where you say someone does something and it reminds me of myself and it freaks you out. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. For instance, whenever I watch The Fly, love that movie. But when Jeff Goldblum is acting all like crazy and shit, that reminds me of me pre-bipolar uh, medication, like punching walls and acting all crazy and shit. <laughs> and plus, me and Jeff Goldblum have some uh, little, uh, you know, uh, let's just say Jewish traits to us. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, so what happened when you're raised by a nana. Uh, so speaking of Jews, let's go back to this movie. Um, at this cafe, he's bothering, bothering, and bothering her, and she's like, "No, no, no, fuck off!" I said, "No, I don't care who you are. You're just a uniform to me. You're just a uniform." Yep. So she's um, cleaning up the uh, marquees on uh, her on her uh, um, theater, and this SS guy comes out of nowhere out of a car and goes, uh, "Get down here now!" And she's like, "What did I do?" And he goes, "Get your ass in the car," and he brings her over to like this this uh, this 
restaurant and at a private table, and there there's Goebbels, uh, there's like some actress he's banging, um, some other like head of propaganda guy, and then of course the sniper and the SS guy, right? And then uh, uh, you know the the sniper's like, oh, you accepted my invitation. She's like, invitation, asshole. That guy fucking made me come here. Well, she doesn't say that. No, but, but she's like, yeah, invitation. Yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. And then right at that time is when uh, uh, we see Hans meets her again, and when he comes in, it just like he comes appears out of nowhere, and just you heard that. Yeah, that was a real jarring scene. Like I get it's supposed to you know get your heart rate going like it, like hers, it works. but it's like whoa whoa what the fuck's going on? What happened to the movie here? You know, it kind of took me out of it for a second. That's that's the reason why I like this movie where the music is sometimes isn't time period appropriate. Like where do we get the Seth Rollins entry music? But it works because like immediately you're like whoa shit Sierra Hotel India yeah. Echo Lima Shield. Delta. Uh, <laughs> Then um, he sits down and uh, they're talking about moving the premiere of this movie to her theater because he's smitten with her. They even actually use that terminology. Mm-hmm. By the way, I like the term smitten, don't you? Yeah. It's classy. It is. It's like, man, she's cute. I'm smitten. Yeah. And your wife will elbow you, but she won't straight up slap you if you're like, that chick is fucking gorgeous. But you can go, oh, I'm smitten. She's gorgeous. Yeah. If you look at you know some girl, just, I would like to plow her. Yeah. Right across the head, you're you're going, yeah, you're going down. Either or, or in my case, I just probably wouldn't get laid that night. But, <laughs> um, but regardless, got a comfy couch, bud. Uh, dude, I have my purple room with my own bed in it. There you go. Not that I, I've tried to sleep on it a couple of times. Actually, some when when people are really really sick and coughing, I can't sleep. I've actually slept in here before on the cutting room floor. On the floor of the cutting room, yes. Oh wow, dude, sleeping bags. Come on, man, you just pretend like you're camping. It feels like camping. It's dark enough in here. It, it's yeah, it is. It is very dark in here. Um, yeah, there's zero sunlight, so that comes in. So I mean, you if yeah, if you wanted to sleep until noon and not get disturbed, you could very. It's like a deprivation chamber in here, man. Um, let's see. So he interrogates her a little bit uh, about you know uh, who's a projectionist. I know there's you know you gotta. <laughs> With you there, we not don't Tarantino. If they don't slip in the N word casually, actually, there is no N words in this though. Uh, Grow, he said, is okay. It it not translated social- it translated on the screen that way. Yeah, but the way that it sounds in German. Mm. So did you count? No, I no. did. I I don't I don't play that game. <laughs> no, uh, w- there was only six in this one. Still. It's they're gonna slip it in there. Better than twenty nine and Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, Jackie Brown. They said it a lot, and I'm like, yeah, at least, but that's at least a heavily. That's at a least he- it wasn't a bunch of white people saying it. It's a heavy black cast, though. Yeah, well, and Sam Jackson says it with impunity. Yes, yeah, Sam Jackson says it like twenty six out of the twenty nine times, I'm sure. But um, at the same time, it's better than you know, Pulp Fiction, where it's. A lot of white people saying it. You know what I was thinking about um, is I don't think I was trying to think of my head uh, for whatever reason if Morgan Freeman has ever said it in a movie. And I don't think he has because I know he uh, came out and said that like he would never say that in a movie. I don't know if he did in his earlier career, but I can't name one spot where he actually says that. I don't know. I I haven't seen enough Morgan Freeman movies. Hmm. I've seen him like in stuff a couple times, but. I mean, besides Shawshank, I'm really drawing a blank here, man. Really? Deep Impact? No, I saw the good movie about an asteroid hitting the Earth. Yeah. Wait, Deep Impact? No, the good one. 
the one that had Aerosmith on the soundtrack, Dude, my you're guy. You're kidding me. The one that had Liv you like Tyler. Armageddon better than Deep Impact? Of course, who doesn't? Dude, I love Deep Impact over Armageddon. It's more realistic. No Steve Buscemi. This is true. No Bruce Willis. Don't, I'm not really a Bruce Willis guy. Really? I Everyone's a Bruce Willis guy. I, we talked about anyway. this before. Anyway. So um, now uh, she, he's reading her like a book because he even says, like, you don't have to be nervous. It's just like formalities. You know, whatever. He, and we think he doesn't recognize her, but he orders her milk. Which is yes. what he asked for when you know yes. when he uh, he orders her for family. her. He goes, uh, the strudels aren't so bad here. Two strudels and espresso uh, for me, and then a uh, glass of milk for her. And then he goes, oh, I forgot the creme. And he goes, wait for the creme. And just like the controlling, manipulative shit. And then he like you know he's like you know verdict. How was it? And then he just asks her, you know, just whatever. Like, so how'd you end up at the theater? Where have you been in the past four years? Like, what's been going on? Yeah, just it, it feels real interrogation-y. Even though I'm sure he's presenting it like, you know, I'm just asking questions for follow for security purposes for the event, you know, and she's obviously super yeah. like, wigged out. She's trying to remain calm, cool, and collected. She's not doing a great job. Well, she's doing better than the uh, the 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 dairy man was, but yeah, yeah, she didn't break, so at least that. Yeah, exactly. So um, he goes to leave, and uh, at this point, we think he knows, but he doesn't say anything. Either way, she's trapped because yeah. she's at that theater. Where's what is she gonna do? Yeah, she's screwed. Yeah, but she does devise a plan because she's talking to uh, Marcel after this, and she goes, "So we're gonna do the plan. We're gonna do the plan." And he's like, uh, "Oh, or no?" She he first off, he's like, "What the fuck? They're probably gonna kill me and this and that." And yeah, what the fuck are we gonna do? And she's gonna like, do? "We're gonna do the plan. We're he's gonna like, do the plan." He's like, he's like "Your plan, yeah. <laughs> not, not yeah, mine, not my plan." And uh, she's like, "Look, we're gonna have all of our eggs in a basket, so to speak, and we'll burn the basket." And it's funny because that's what Mike Myers says later. Yep. So and she even says, "Like you know, it, we have to you know struggle to keep this place from burning down." We can burn it down ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So they decide to lock everyone in and set it ablaze. But the cool thing is, is now we flip over to the means of their plan, which is um, uh, Samuel Jackson narrating. And he goes like, so here's the thing. Th uh, 35 millimeter film is three times as flammable as paper. In fact, back in the six. day. Six times. Six times. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was divisible by three. So give me half credit. Get it? <laughs> uh, it is... Um, you know, you couldn't even carry it on a train or anything else like back then because it big bada boom. And she has 360 reels of this film. So, yeah, practically so, explosive. Yeah. It's, it's an incendiary device at this Definitely. point. Definitely. And also, too, you got to think about theaters. Theaters back in the day, especially all curtains, all carpet. Drapery. Drapery everywhere. everywhere. The smoke inhalation is what kills you in a fire, not necessarily the fire itself. Almost never. Well, I mean, you, you know this. You were a paramedic, practically. Yeah, no, but back in the day, there when you when you research fire history, yeah, uh, something that you notice is a lot of major deaths and things like that in the U.S. and even in Europe too. Theater fires were huge. Really, I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, no, there, there have been several major fires that killed hundreds of people in theaters. Get out of here. Yeah, everyone goes back to things like uh, the Great White Fire, that concert that killed a bunch of people. Yeah. 
the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire. No, theaters. There's there's two major theater. I can't think of the fucking names of them right now for the life of me. But there were two that killed hundreds of people, and it's because the doors were locked because they didn't want people sneaking in. Yeah, and people burned to death very very quickly because of all the drapery and shit that they have in so those theaters. We now have um, uh, almost every. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know this. Um, actually, we have some people that don't live in America. Knows all American theaters have to have two emergency exits. Mandatory. Yeah, and they're on usually either side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm that asshole that goes through them all the time because I don't like leaving with the gen pop. And like, I know where I parked. Yeah, not all of them can do that anymore. Really? Yeah, some of them are emergency exits now. You hit one of those and it sets the place off. Oh, well, that's their fucking... It's, it says exit. If it says fire, obviously, I'm not going to go through it. But mm-hmm. m- yeah, I know um, like the Vallejo theaters, they don't have that. No, you just go out. I think the Napa ones do, though. I think you're right. They actually do have an alarm, probably again for so people don't sneak in. Because I remember me and my friends, someone buy a ticket and then you would open the door and then put like a little piece of wood and everyone go. Yeah, everyone just come in. Yeah, I mean, you're a kid. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Luckily, you know, now they can lock and secure the doors from the outside while you can still get out from the inside. Do you think the uh, the Joker shooter has anything to do with the reason why they did that? No. No? No, because he didn't come in through the exit. No, I just mean because that would make it like an alarm would go off if some shit went down or you couldn't get in. I know I know the Joker shooter didn't. He no, came in uh, through the back, but still. No, Aurora was its own thing, and I don't think I think that had more to do with preventing people from sneaking in. Mm, okay. Because it was nationwide before that was a thing. Mm, yeah. All right. So um, now we go uh, to Operation Kinu. Yes. So we have Mike Myers doing the best acting of his life. <laughs> he really did. The main takeaway from this is the cutting room floor needs a globe bar. We yes. need that. Dude, when I saw that globe bar, I'm like. The bars in the globe. I'm like, what? And he goes, he goes, would you like a drink? And he goes, if you offer me a scotch in plain water, I will take a scotch in plain water. And he goes, good slap. Why don't you go ahead and fix yourself a drink? Uh, fix it yourself then. It's in the globe. Yeah, and he goes over to this massive globe that's standing there and just kind of rotates the northern hemisphere back, and hey, booze. I, dude, I need one of those, man. We definitely need one Some of those. Some fancy decanters in there? Mm, yeah, I have access to all that. Well, I mean, decanters are cool and all, but dude, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to see the different bottles and you know which one is which, though, because it kind of makes it fun. But yeah, anyway, regardless, um, <coughs> a crystal container... Uh, decanter would be kind of cool. Probably a pain in the ass to clean, though. I know crystal glasses are a pain in the ass to clean. Speaking of booze, can you pass me one of the coffee stouts, yeah. please? Yeah. No doubt. Here you go. Sorry, these are good as shit. I know they are. <laughs> shit, fuck. Oh, no. Here. I'll take that one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't let it foam on you. Tap the top. There you go. I'm scared to see what happens. Uh, chug, 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 chug. Capstan Cork, located at the borderlands of Vallejo and American Canyon. Uh, anyway, so uh, Operation Kinu is a such they they drill this uh, OSS officer um, about like you know what did he do before his the German war? film history yeah and he knows a lot of German film history and then like he's naming actors and all the shit and then finally the OS uh, the American officer that's what the OSS guy goes brief him yep and so they go we're going to a town named Nadine you're going to meet with a German actress known as Van Van Hammerschmidt Hammersfeld. Yeah. Hammersfeld. And, uh, Hammersmith, I, I think. You're going to meet with her, and then you're going to rendezvous with the bastards. He goes, the bastards? Who are they? And he goes, oh, they well, they have the Germans scared shitless. They are the boogeyman. 
And he goes, I've never heard of him. And he goes, of course, that's why they're Secret Service. He's like, yeah, you're, you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to know, yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. Um, and he goes, but the Germans do know of them. So uh, so you're going to rendezvous with them, this, that, and the other. Now we uh, cut to them in the town of Nadine looking at this bar. And, and then uh, Aldo is like, God damn it, whose idea was that fucking meet up in a goddamn basement? And he goes, it was her idea. He won't let it go. He just keeps going on and bitching about the fucking basement. He says basement like probably more like 29 times. Yeah. It's like the problem with fighting in a basement is you're in a fucking basement. basement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is like, I don't know which scene is more tense, this scene or the scene in the beginning. Probably this one. This one, because it's. It plays out for so fucking long. But it doesn't seem long. It does because it feels like, watch out. I see it. Okay, don't drop it. Don't drop that shit. That's why our new headphones have very, very long fucking cables is because my tailbone hurts from, and and, and so I need to to stretch my legs, my man. It's because you have no ass. I know. Yeah, dude has a negative ass. Concave ass. It is concave. He is uh, sitting on bone here. Not only that, but I have weak ankles and a high up butt, so it makes it even... I have a black man's butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has high up butt. Yeah, high up butt. You never heard of that? No, I've never even heard that. Oh, we'll talk... Yeah, it's... it. There's a really... I have, I have a very nice ass, so I'm quite comfy over here. Yeah, okay, whatever. I, do, do you have an ass beard, though? Like... <laughs> Like ass beard. Yeah. <laughs> Are you asking if I have a hairy ass? <laughs> An ass beard to match, you know, because you're, you're. It's not as glorious, but yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, it's like a payas. You can braid it. <laughs> so, um, this is a high fucking tension scene. Uh, so Hugo Stieglitz, the other German off, uh, the other um, the Austrian, Austrian yep. and um, the uh, OSS guy. They are. Um, they come in dressed as officers, and there's some enlisted men, some privates, uh, celebrating the birth um, of, of like his son and his friends are there. And they're all playing like 20 questions? No, they're playing- the Heads game, up or whatever it's called. They're playing 20 questions, but uh, the game is actually known as Indian Poker, is, mm. is what we used to call it when we used to play that game. Because I actually played that game before. They have a modern version of the game. It's called Heads Up. There you go. Yeah. But so, Indian poker is where you'd lick a card and, and put it, and you would actually, yeah, you would like write, the, it, it was 20 questions, basically. Yeah. Heads up is kind of a similar thing, but you have to try and get as many as you can, so you have like, you actually have to take your phone, hold the screen up, and everyone else has to give you clues. If you get it right, you tilt down. If you get it wrong, you look up, and that'll switch to the next person. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a cool feature um, <clears throat> for parties and shit. But uh, so our game is you would go around in a circle and whoever to guess first would win. And then, yeah, you would force everyone to drink if you want. So yeah. uh, and they're playing this game with the double agents. Yes. Who's supposed to be meeting them at a bar without Nazis in it. Yeah. This bar is full with Nazis. There's yeah. no one in here that's not a Nazi, in fact. Well, except for the. Bar owner and the bar owner's daughter. Yeah. Who but, are collaborators, probably. Uh, possibly. Well, they do take a shot at the bastards, mm-hmm. like, later on. So, yep. Um, because of the OSS officer has a very, very British accent, and his German is just very, like, it's 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 good. You know, yeah. It's, it's super. It's, it's very British. Yes. And um, 
So uh, uh, the guys, the enlisted men keep coming over to the officers to talk to Van Hammerschmidt. And then finally, the OSS guy's like, look, man, you overstayed your welcome. Uh, you're this drunk. Is an officer's pay- table. You're a staff sergeant. Get the fuck uh, off yeah. my table, you know? And he goes, or I'll lock you all up um, for public intoxication and Max won't get to see his uh, father today. And then the record stops. There's music in the background. <clears throat> and then we see well, that. It starts with the, the staff sergeant, like, you have a funny accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. Right. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, the German. Guy with the bastards. The SS dude. Who's the German guy with the bastards? Uh, uh, oh, Stieglitz. Stieglitz, yeah. Unloads, just yells at this guy that he's going to beat his ass. He's going to hold everyone else accountable for him for questioning a captain. Exactly. Yeah. It's all. It's really tense, and it seems like it's working. And Until, then that record scratch happens. And then we see that get your ass in the car. The SS officer. SS officer. And I hate this fucker. Out of everybody in this movie, I hate him more than anybody, including Mr. Goebbels and Hitler. Like, I hate this fucker so much because he's such a... Di- like, everywhere he goes in this movie, all he does is cause fucking problems and, and shit. I mean, he's yeah. an SS officer, so I guess he's good at his job. Yeah, you, you imagine SS officer is going to be the most dickish. I think he is more hateable than Hans. Well, yeah, because Hans has the charisma stat bonus. This dude is just, you know, hey, I'm lawful evil. Yeah. Boring lawful evil. I'm like, oh, great. No, yeah, th- this guy's a lawful evil with a shitty charisma stat, but a high intelligence stat. Yeah, high intelligence. Yeah. We're making a lot of, I think everyone knows by this time that listens to us that we make a lot of D&D references. What? We do? No, get out of here. What? No, I didn't know you were that nerdy. Open that band- bag of holding and hand me another beer. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, they, uh, 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 now this SS guy is interrogating him, but trying to do it in a friendly way. He's like, uh, so yeah, that's a very funny accent. Where are you from? And he's like, um, he says some town that's like, uh, like south of a mountain or some shit. And then the OSS dude busts out his uh, German movie knowledge. He goes, did you ever see this movie? And he goes, that was my brother and me and my uh, sister. We were in the the back shot during the, um, he says like the- My brother uh, was so handsome. He got a close-up from the director, yeah. It was like the skiing torch scene or some shit like that. And then the dude knows and he goes, oh yeah, so- because he's able to reference an obscure German film, it's like okay, that's letting lending credibility. Yeah. And then you have the actress next to him. Yeah, that, I can vouch for it. That's exactly she goes, what happened. She goes, I can vouch for it. Her, uh, uh, his brother's way more beautiful than he is. Yeah, and they try like, and play it off like a joke, uh, like they're uh, old uh, friends. Uh, and it all seems to be working until they uh, they order some whiskeys. Yep, they order whiskeys. But before they order the whiskeys, he goes, "That's a very fun game they're playing." We should possibly play oh, that's right. the game. And then so... Uh, uh, they do one round where he goes and shows off that he can do it well, and he guesses King Kong pretty quickly. Yeah, So, uh, but the, but each time he keeps going like this to Hugo, like, you should write down your card. Uh, move over. And then it, it cuts to Hugo having flashbacks of him getting tortured and whipped. Yeah. And you hear that... Dun-dun! You know that guitar, the Hugo Stiglitz theme? That, that Hugo Stiglitz theme, the way it starts out... Um, makes me think of uh, fucking uh, Ram Jam. Um, uh, 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 the wrestler? No, no, the Ram J- uh, Black Betty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, Black Betty. Oh no, Black Betty. Don't Bambalam. Black Betty got a job. Bambalam got thing gone wild. Don't Bambalam. Yeah, always ready. Bambalam. But specifically that guitar riff. Yeah, yeah. That's how. I know. I love that song, dude. That song is. 
Song's fucking great. I haven't met anybody who doesn't like that song. Well, I do know somebody who doesn't like that song because I because I actually got pulled aside once for singing that song because it's considered a racist song. Who knew? Really? I guess. Fuck. But it's not. It's just like one of those old songs that people associate with the South. Is it really old? That song is an old, old song. Yeah, that song's like. Um, I know, I know. That's like a Dixie song. I don't think it's like it's not like Confederate or that shit. But it's a Southern song and it's very old and it's a traditional song. Oh, I thought that was like from the '90s, early 2000s. No, that's a cover of a song that's been in American Americana for a long time. Oh well, shit. Once again, racism ruins everything. God damn Fuck. it! Well, you could sing it and just say "White Betty." Come on, White Betty, kind of lamb. White Betty did have a child. There you go. So damn wild. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So uh, anyway. Sorry, Betty, if you're listening. <laughs> sorry about that, Betty. Uh, so they're kind of like, he's showing off how good of a detective is that he guesses King Kong in, what, eight questions? Yeah. The questions are, am I, uh, am I a German? No. Am I American? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, he says, am I from someplace exotic? They go, yeah. And he goes, so either the jungle or the Orient. Um, did I come to America? Yes. Uh, was it profitable? And and he's like, no. And uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And he goes, not well, for not you. for you. And he goes, oh, okay. Did I arrive in chains? Yes. Was I displayed in chains? And he goes, so this must be the black experience in America, uh, or I'm King Kong. And he just goes, yeah, King Kong. And then he goes, now you must all drink. Now let me refill your glasses. There's a thirty year old Scotch with your name on it. And he goes, uh, would you like to drink? And he points to everybody. And I'll go, yeah. And then uh, she goes, no, I'll stick with my bubbly. And then he goes, well, I got a beer. Scotch doesn't work with me. And he goes, try Glazer. And he throws up one, two, three, ring finger, pointer finger, middle finger. Yep. And then that's- It kind of zooms in on it. And you can tell that the SS officer saw it and his face changes. And it's like, the And then hell? it gets really quiet. So they get their glasses filled. And then you hear a click. And he goes, let's cut the monkey shine, shall we? Start speaking English. And he goes- you are no more German than that is that uh, than that scotch that is. scotch is yeah. Yep. And he goes, uh, "What do you mean?" And did you hear that? And he goes, "Yeah, uh, that's the sound of my Walter like pointed at your balls." And he goes, "Why would you have a Walter pointed at my testicles?" And he says, uh, "Well, you gave yourself away there, Colonel, or whatever, Captain." Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, uh, "He's like, well, this is it. I'm going to speak the king's." Yeah. He goes, "Well, old boy, if I'm going out, I'm speaking the king's." And uh, uh, he goes, so this little pickle we have ourselves in, um, how, uh, here's how it should go down. Uh, we'll walk out with the girl. And he goes, no, no, we're not walking out of anywhere. You, we, out of anything that's going to happen, you and I are both going to die. And Max is probably going to be an orphan because your goons are probably going to have to attack them as well. And then uh, he goes, well, something you don't know. I also have a gun pointed. I've had a gun pointed at you since you sat down. And then... <laughs> And then Hugo Stiglitz goes, that makes three of us. And he just puts like yeah, the kinda, gun right on his dick. God, he kind of nut taps him a little bit. He like, does. Ow, hey. He <laughs> does. And and he goes, uh, well, and he lights a cigarette and he goes, uh, yes, if uh, you don't mind uh, speaking the Queens. And he goes, there's a wrong in hell reserved for those who wait, uh, who waste good whiskey. And he like just downs it and he goes, God damn, that's good stuff. And then pop, 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 pop. You know what's hey, funny about that scene though? Yeah. Here's how good German engineering is. They're both Walthers. Oh, really? Yeah. The German gun is the the Walther C98 or whatever it was. Oh, I thought it was a PPK. 
His is a Walther PPK. Oh, the okay. other one's the Walther. I think it's a C thirty eight. Whatever the you know German. Yeah, because he has the James Bond gun, the OSS yes. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other guy has the one where the barrel kind of sticks out a little bit. Yeah, the one that like, and it's got the weird uh, magazine uh, uh, pins on the bottom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So they're both pointing Walthers at each other. They're on either sides of this giant global war, but they both have Walthers. That is funny. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, but. He goes, well, this pickle we got ourselves in, I think we should uh, get on with it. And he goes, uh, Hugo, and he goes, sad vita zank to your Nazi balls, which might be the best line in the whole movie. Yep. <laughs> and then it's just a, a eruption of gunfire. Yeah. Yeah. Just everybody get dies in like half a second. It's it's quick. You could tell this is what Quentin Tarantino wanted to do during Pulp Fiction in the kitchen scene. It w- they, He probably wanted to be like this because this is bloody and it's practical effects too. Yeah. It, it it's really well shot. It, it makes you feel that like what just happened. What's yeah. going on? And the guns feel real in this. Like when you see them shot and you see the damage they do, they they remind me of actual guns. They're a little overpowered, but yeah. But yeah. this is the Quentin Tarantino universe. And uh, they're also at very close range, though. They are at very close range, but they seem a bit overpowered. Yeah. What does a Walter take? Is that a nine? Walter PPK. That was. <sighs> Uh, I think that was a 32 ACP or 380. It was it was small cartridge because really? it it was a tiny gun. Yeah, that's why the spies had it because you could conceal that thing basically anywhere. And also didn't have a threaded barrel too, and they have extendo clips for it, correct? If you're James Bond, yes, no extended magazines, but they did have the the silencers for it. Well, I do know in Fallout, there oh, is yeah. a, there is an extended magazine Walter PPK, and it is the best gun in the game if you are a uh, a pistol. <laughs> A gunslinger, because everything you, Zach knows about weapons, he learned from video games. And hey, I own guns. I shoot. I'm kidding, but no, joking. you are right. Like, I mean, dude. Well, it's just like in uh, fucking Jackie Brown. What, um, what, uh, you know, he was saying. It's like, like every mofo that wants this gun wants it because it's in this movie. Yeah, it's no, not, it's that's not, a thing. That's uh, a- I know, like my radio hero Anthony Cumia bought all of his guns just because they were in a blank, blankety blank movie, or they were based off something. Like, for instance, RoboCop's gun is based off of something uh, he owns, and like the uh, Aliens gun mm-hmm. uh, is based off a of Tommy. Yeah, the the reason I have a Springfield XD is because that's what Leon Kennedy had in Resident Evil Four. There you go. It's based off the Blacktail. Yeah, we all do that kind of stupid shit. It, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, the Blacktail was your go-to, huh? Not the Red Nine. Not the Red Nine, which I was actually sad to see not in this movie. I, I think probably the most iconic, the most. I cool thought that too. Looking, they didn't have the Mauser. Yeah, the the coolest looking um, German gun is definitely the broomhandle Mauser. That's a German. Get the fuck out of here. I knew. Okay, so I knew the Chinese used it mainly, but I thought it was actually a Russian gun. The Chinese Type ninety eight, or what they called it. Yeah, yeah, that was a clone of the broomhandle Mauser. Mm. Yeah, I mean a lot of Chinese oh, stuff Han is Han Solo's a, gun. It's Han Solo's gun too. Yeah, a lot of Chinese stuff is clones of whatever the better version is. They Who shot first? Han shot first. No, Hugo Stieglitz did. Ah! Yes, he did. <laughs> right into his Nazi balls. I say it beat the Zangtino Nazi balls. So now after So he made more good he made more good Nazis. Yes, exactly, cuz they're all dead. Yep. Um <laughs> now we're left with like just a smoky room and there's just uh Max's dad, right? Now, may I rewind Wait, let me 
rewind here a little bit. Wilhelm, when he comes over to Von, Von Heverschmidt, gets her autograph for his son, Max, right? Yep, she gives the autograph, this kisses is very, it. This yep. is very important to the plot. Uh, so after all the shooting goes down, um, that's when Aldo Reigns is like, yo, uh, is anyone alive down there? And, uh, you know, Wilhelm is like, uh, yeah, I'm, I am alive. And he goes, what side are you on? Anyone from our side? And he, yeah. And, he, and, he goes, and then you hear Bridget stand up. I'm still alive. He's like, you sit up, down, slut. bitch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he goes, well, your English is pretty good for somebody who is not on our side. And he goes, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. He's like, I would agree with you. So let's talk. You know. So And then they're like, all right. So what we got here is a Mexican standoff. And he goes, no, I got the gun. You don't. And he goes, I got grenades. I was impressed he knew what a Mexican standoff was. I was too. Yeah. I mean, if it, if, yeah. It, it, anyway, I was going to say it's for, it makes sense that he could recognize the OSS officer because he's a really smart guy. They're kind of showing that by how good his English is and such. Maybe that's how he could detect the accent. Maybe. There you go. So, anyway, of course, at first he, He's he's got his gun. He won't let it go. But they need to go get her. So Aldo Rain starts walking down after saying the whole grenade thing, and he goes, "All right, I'll trust you. I'm putting it down." And then she shoots him with the Walter PBK. There you go. And uh, but they were going to shoot him anyway because they couldn't leave anyone alive. It would blow her cover. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves in a veterinary office, and she's like, um, "So you know, she's got a fucking bullet." And uh, he's interrogating. He's like, so why was there so many fucking Nazis in a place where Nazis shouldn't be? And why the fuck did you pick a basement? Yeah. And she's realizing, oh, hell, this looks bad for me. This looks like I led them into an ambush. She says, I, either I left you in an ambush or this is just a serendipitous conse- uh, 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 coincidence. Can't be both. Can't be both. And um, she's like, I'm going to lose my leg and, and my career, definitely. Da, 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 this and that. And then so she goes, but look. He goes, okay, well, let's just say that it went smoothly. What was the next step? And she goes, first I was tuxedos. Tuxedos, yes. Because uh, all the Germans would recognize an officer that was at a uniform kind of thing. Yeah, not supposed to be there. It's like, who are you? It's like, we, we know all the officers that yeah. are supposed to be here. So it would have been really hard to get them in. Yeah, the so, SS guy nailed them that easily. Yeah, so going around with some high-ranking people, security guards or people who are trying to check people, that yeah, that would not fly. So it was much easier to smuggle them in as filmmakers. Exactly. Yeah, and- her friends from her clique, and she, because they all spoke German, yep. that was going to work. But now they- sm- But now they're dead. Now they're dead, but then uh, he goes, well, how'd they find out, how'd they get found out? She goes, your friend did three. She goes, the German three is with the thumb. That is the German way. It looked odd, and it gave him away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right." And so, his accent. And she goes, uh, "All right, well, you, you know, like, how, how are we supposed to?" She says, "There is a change, though. It's change in venue." And he goes, "Okay, that's not a big deal. Why does that matter?" And she goes, "Well, your explosives will do double damage because it's a smaller theater. It's not at the Ritz. It's at the small theater." And didn't ask how big the room was. I said, "Cast fireball." Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, "And by the way." Uh, Dein Führer will be there and he's like well that's a horse of a different color and she goes I don't understand the expression and he goes so what we're going to do we're going to shoot you up for so much morphine's going to be coming out of your ears we're going to cast you up and uh, we're going to get the tuxedos and she goes but you don't speak German he goes well we speak Italian I speak a little well, Italian she she's like well I know it's probably not worth me asking but do you speak any other languages other than English because Americans are dumb mm. 
Yeah. What do, you, what do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone who speaks three languages? European. Trilingual. Oh. What do you call someone who speaks one language? American. American. Yes, that's the joke. Um, there's a, a a word for somebody who knows four or more, and it's like a totally different. You would think it would be quadlingual. It's not. It's like a, there's a weird word for it. Anyway. I'll have to Google that later. This being said, English is the most vast of all languages, though, because we- Because it doesn't make sense. Because Well, it's an amalgamation of every language. That's Esperanto, bud. Esperanto? Have you not heard of Esperanto? I mean, I can go for a coffee. Yeah, no, Esperanto was a language that they- God, fuck you. That, that I could see myself going to Starbucks and ordering a fucking Esperanto. Can I have a venti Esperanto, please? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Why does it yeah. sound delicious? It does. It sounds like it would have like chocolate, like powder on the top. Yes, it sounds. It sounds like classy too. And we have like something like maple would be about it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Esperanto was a language created like sometime in the 19th century, and it was supposed to be the easiest language for everyone to speak because it pulled a little bit from each language, and it was supposed to be the easiest for anyone who spoke the romantic languages. So or, it was like a trading language almost. Right. It was supposed to kind of like, everyone can learn this ra- relatively easily. So it was supposed to be like the amalgamation of all the languages. Got it. And it just didn't go off the ground? Never really caught on. Um, have you ever heard of uh, what they call cousin speak or cousin speech? No. Usually twin brothers or twin sisters uh, will like invent their own oh, language. Yep. Nope. That's a thing. That is a thing. Because Jonathan I and I have... used to have one. We called it Cantonese. I have two sets of twins in my family. My uh. twin sisters spoke to each other before they could actually speak. And then we're like, okay. Parents were like, time to teach them how to talk. Because that yeah. was creepy. Seeing them babble to each other and laugh. Yeah, because they could understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonathan and I, we used to, like, around, fuck, like, we used to have a bunch of, like, words that we just would say, or phrases, and it was, like, its own speech. It's kind of like um, how wrestlers talk. Oh, okay. You know, kind of like kayfabe? Mm-hmm. Where you go, like, you know, like, for instance, they're just, but he and I would talk, and no one would know what the fuck we were saying. <laughs> my brothers, though, my twin brothers, written. They had a full codex. Yeah, they we had, were working on ours. They wrote their own. It was insane. Dude, and it was so cool looking. There was a guy that uh, I worked with at Safeway, and he and I both spoke Albed. Albed? Yeah, from Final Fantasy X. The God, language. it took you forever to get those fucking primers. Yeah, but I, I like we actually could like speak because I, I, dude, I was obsessed with that game when it came out. I was, I would play that game like every day, and be, I would do, speed run that game all the time. I have the soundtrack. In my car as we speak. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, To Zanarkand is still one of the best pieces of music I've ever heard on the piano. Dude, we used to cover uh, Another World. Josh and I did. That, we, <laughs> that used to be our, our opener. Really? Yeah, dun dun. It's an easy yeah. song to play. It's only two fucking chords. Uh, or, sorry. It's four chords, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they actually do this whole plan. They all dress up and immediately. Well,. They say that they can speak Italian. Italian. <laughs> he speaks the most Italian. He speaks the second most, and he speaks the third. In fact, why don't you just not even speak at all? Yeah, because he's like, I don't speak Italian. He's like, that's why I said third most. Mm-hmm. He's like, why don't you just not speak at all? So Start when they, right now. So then we see everyone prepping, and all of our characters are in play here, right? We see um, Emmanuel and Mar- uh, Marcel. There, It shows them making like this film. And preparing to burn everything else, and they they have their whole little like plot all all ready to go. We see, uh, of course, the bastards or what's left of them rather in the theater, and then um, it actually as the camera pans around, it says like Goebbels, 
da da da. You know, it points out who's who. That kind of took me out of it because, like, the way it like ding and like pointed at people, and it was like fucking Comic Sans like lettering. I would have been happier if they did like that black and white, a uh, black and yellow lettering that they did um, at the beginning for the for the German guy, and they kind of had that like highlighted underneath them rather than the ding and then like the curly cue yeah. pointing arrow. I'm like. This feels like Scott Pilgrim more than it feels like a it, fucking it Tarantino. Did, it did get very Scott Pilgrim. Yes, and I didn't like that. Oh, by the way, fun fact, Comic Sans. Did you know what it was invented for? Hmm. Dyslexia. Now I feel wrong for hating it. Dude, I have... I'm ableist. On our app, Damn like it. our Podbean app, there is a dyslexic uh, uh, setting. If you click to it, it changes everything to Comic Sans. Now, it is that just a joke? I, Dude, I will show it to you. It, it, okay, okay, but is that a joke? It's like if you're dyslexic, you like Comic Sans. Like make, more no, again, making it's fun just, of Comic it's, Sans. It's really easier to read because the characters don't look alike. Like if you have a C and an I, right? If you're dyslexic, it'll look like a D to you, mm -hmm. right? But when the C is shaped like all up and at a weird angle, and the I is like over here doing its weird I thing, then so yeah, Comic Sans was invented for dyslexia, and then it just like yeah. It became like the running the butt the running joke. It's the fucking Nickelback of fonts. Okay, first off, Nickelback are good, right? But everyone hates it for no reason. Yeah, they just hate it because it's cool. They hate it. Yeah, it's been a while since I defended Nickelback. Still, we can all agree the best font is Garamond because Garamond is what they used to make the card that they said was. Cillian Rail. <laughs> I am not kidding. I have 14 point font on my professional emails. Nice. In Garamond. That's funny. I, um, because it's Cillian Rail. Mine is still Invisible Killer. Invisible Killer? What that, font are you using, boy? Predator. It's called oh, Invisible Killer. Okay. Yeah. Diablo font is cool, too. You got to admit, the Diablo, Diablo font font's is cool. But yeah, yeah, for real, though. Yeah, no, Garamond. Um, I used to have a Zodiac font. Where all the care it looked exactly like Zodiac's handwriting. Is it just wingdings? No, it, it used to look just like Zodiac's handwriting, like exactly because Zodiac would write very like military s, like drafty. Oh yeah, block lettering. Yeah, but uh, there's actually a Zodiac font you can download. I don't know if it's still there. There's also a really cool one called Blood of Dracula, like uh, that, like where your your characters would bleed as you would type. This is Windows 98 back in the yeah, day. Yeah, this sounds very yeah Windows 98 ish. Yeah, it is. It was cool though. You would type and it'd start bleeding. And, and like, I, I, so you would type black and you get to choose the secondary color. Mine was purple, so it'd bleed purple as you would type. It was awesome. Yeah, that's way cooler than Helvetica. Yeah, right. There you go. Or <laughs> anyway. Comic Sans. So, yeah, the Comic Sans points out everybody and their position. And now this is where um, uh, Hans puts everything together because the shoe, he finds the shoe and the, the autograph note. And he sees her with the cast. And it's like, ding. And then he interrogates everybody. He's like, so, uh, you know, what are you guys doing here? And, and he's like, oh, she's like, these are my Italian filmmakers. And he's a stunt double. And that's a cameraman. And he's the assistant. And he goes, okay, what's your name? Uh, Aver Derici. I'm sorry? Aver Derici. One more time, please. Aver Derici. And he goes, how about you? And he goes, Antonio Magretti. And he goes, 
Wait, what? Antonio Margarete. One more time, but put the music in it, please. And he's speaking perfect Italian here yeah. to these people. And then, yeah, and he's speaking perfect Italian. And then he goes, and you? And he goes, Dominique the Coco. And he goes, very good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the only task him once, like, yeah, no, you're you're the only one who did well here. Yeah, yeah, you passed the test, but you're still all guilty. Oh, and they were doing the, the hand thing. Yeah, the very stereotypical. The hey, Italian, hey, hey, hey yeah. the Pope thing. Hey, I'm the Pope. So, uh. He pull, he's like, can I have a word with you? Oh, first he finds out where their tickets are, uh, 0023 and 0024, and then he pulls her aside because I need to have a meeting with you. And uh, he puts the jacket on, takes away her drink, and he goes, put your foot on my knee. And she's like, what? Oh, yeah, this is a Tarantino movie. I guess I will. Yeah, check the box. But her feet are nice. Yeah, her feet aren't gross. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're actually kind of sexy. Clean. Painted nails. Suckable. You're getting too far into it, man. I use that as a litmus test. Like if you have messed up feet, I'm not I'm not going for it. No, her feet are nice. But, but they're not messed up. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not even they don't even have like any like ashiness on them. They're like perfect. You know, yeah. like girls that get ashy feet sometimes. Guys do too, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? The skin flakes. Yeah, no. If their heels look like the thing, yeah, I'm out. So uh, there you go. So anyway, uh he goes now. My jacket, it's on the chair behind her. He goes, reach in the right pocket and show me what you find. She reaches in and she grabs the heel that she her left. Her eyes at go the wide as soon as she grabs it. Before she pulls it out, and he's like, ah, gotcha. And he goes, may I? And then he puts it on and he goes, well, what is the American saying if the shoe fits? And she goes, so you what? wear it. And uh, she goes, what now? And he just fucking strangles her to death. Oh, yeah. he Yeah, not. Nothing tactical, nothing martial artist about this. He just goes for a bitch choke where it's just the and two hands forward. I don't know why he hates her so much. She's a traitor. Okay. But why doesn't he do something like she's already in the office, like sending people to send her the gulag or something? I mean, like, anyway, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. It just, it, it just threw, it threw me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It, 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 probably because, like, oh, traitor. Yep. Nope. Taking you out. So after this, um, now he he calls on the yeah. dial, the dial phone, and the jig is up. Yep, he says the man in the white smoking jacket and hangs up, and then he gets black still in the lobby. Yeah, he gets black bagged and tackled, and, and the whole time he's talking shit too, which is yep. funny. The whole time he's talking, get your shit. goddamn Nazi hands off me. Yeah, they take his uh, suicide knife. bomb that he has. Oh yeah, and the knife of the fucking day. Holy shit, that knife is fucking cool. 16 inches or some shit. It's massive fucking buoy. That thing is a chopper. It's and practically a short sword. Yeah. I mean, it. it I don't know. Not, not very short. But it's also got that nice stag handle. It does have a yeah. cool handle. And it's got the, the hammer end on the end of the hammer uh, and the end of the pommel. It's got something on there. It's got some kind of design. I don't know if that's supposed oh, to be I, a strike. But I'm, just, I'm just saying it looks like a, 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 like a California frame or strike point. Yeah, no, I think that's supposed to be a design. I don't know if Okay. I've seen ones like that where they have like family symbol or something on the back yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. Or, yeah. I think that's what that's supposed to be. I mean, he is related to like, you know, uh, an Indian war chief, so perhaps And a rum runner. Yeah, so perhaps Or a moonshiner, yeah. Yeah. You know what qualifies as moonshine? Hmm. All moonshine is is illegal alcohol. Could be anything. Pruno is moonshine. As long as it's distilled. I think the Appalachian Americans would disagree with you. It's true, but that's not how <laughs> that's not how the laws here are. 
Just like yeah, I don't think the Appalachian Americans agree. For I instance, care about the fucking law. For instance, Everclear just means like non uh, uh, non watered down vodka. Vodka is anything over ninety five percent. So if I made a whiskey and oops a daisy, it went over ninety five percent. Even if I barrel it and age it like a whiskey, it's still considered a vodka legally. Is that weird? Had, no, vodka still has to be a neutral spirit. It has to be a neutral spirit over ninety five. But if you then try to age it or whatever, it's still once labeled a vodka, always a vodka. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah, I, I thought once you do stuff to it, once it's no longer a neutral spirit, it's not a vodka anymore. So like it's a, whi- a something. A whiskey would be ninety three point five percent. Hmm. Isn't that odd? That is weird. It is. But anyway, regardless, um, no, normally whiskeys rise in other mashes. They don't have enough sugar to go of that amount anyway. So it's like so they can't. So I, I mean it can, but it's fucking rare. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, so um. He gets captured, but Dominic Dococo and Eli Roth's character Eli Roth. they they get left alone for the for the uh, for the moment, and then the dude from uh, fucking the office and um, Aldo Reigns, they're like you the bitch, and he goes uh, uh, and he says uh, Aldo, and he goes where's the rest, and he goes I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're put in a chair to be interrogated, and uh, and how um, Hans is basically like if you were in my seat. Would you show me any mercy? And he's like, no, I, no, I will not. No. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he starts pouring three glasses of wine and they're looking at each other and he goes, well, here's what I think. Is me or is that the wine from Skyrim? Uh, that is actually not. I know what that wine is, though. Um, it, the, that the, looks like the wine from Skyrim. Yeah, I've accidentally stolen. Yeah, I've stolen accidentally stolen so many of those fucking bottles of wine, where it's like I'm over encumbered. Oh, I have 14 of these fucking bottles of wine on me. So you that just drop these. So a traditional, um, uh, more alcohol knowledge. Traditional Italian Chiantis always have that wicker uh, basket. So what they do is. That is a house wine at the end. Here's what actual most Chiantis are. Whatever wine is left over from the end of Will the day. Will you serve them with some fava beans? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's usually whatever's left over at the end of the day all poured into one. That's what usually house wine is or a house red. But Chianti always has that little basket weave thing on it. Hmm. Or it, traditionally it did. And it used to be just table wine. Chianti isn't that good either. It tastes like... I don't know if you ever had it. A well, neither is human liver and fava beans, but no. Well, I, dude, human liver might taste like pumpkin pie. I don't know. I don't eat the fucking filthy animal. <laughs> so he's <laughs> see what I did there, and it's still a Tarantino reference. Yeah, thank you, baby. Oh, well done. All right, so line of the day. Line. No, you already had line of the day. I think you. I think you took it from me. Okay. Good job. All right, so uh, they're sitting down at a table, and he's got this telephone. And he's like, Rotodial, let's make a deal. And he goes, he's like, what? And he goes, if he goes, you guys had a great idea with the bombs and everything else. Um, you know, if I answer this phone, though, I could put an end to your plan right away. But if you want to end the war, you have to get all four Goebbels, Hitler, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he goes, I can make this happen. Because if I don't pick up this phone, I'm kind of guilty as well. And uh, so, uh, you know, um, and, and uh, then Aldo goes like, now, when a man is making moonshine liquor to uh, provide for his family, th- they'd call that a bad deal. Or he says something like, if mm-hmm. it sounds too good to be true, it ain't. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 really. Um, I have a radio right there. With the best radio man. With, with a very capable radio man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume that there's somebody in charge, a general, maybe 
I don't know, OSS. And then he goes, ooh, that's a bingo. Is that how you say it? Is that how you say it? You just say bingo. You just say bingo. (laughs) Bingo. So then Hans does a fucking full face turn. And he's like, yes, I would like the Congressional Medal of Honor. And he even sounds more American now, too. He's like, I would like the Medal of Honor. And you know what? I think everyone in Operation Kino should get a Medal of Honor. And he kind of does a, you know, like the gun fingers. Yeah, the finger guns. Yeah. Uh-oh. So professional. Sorry. Professional level podcast. Dude, when John Cena calls, you answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, um, so yeah. Uh, 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 he wants some land in Nantucket. He wants to uh, get his status uh, switched over, like same pay and rank and da-da-da, this and that and the other. And uh, he's making all these demands. And then um, then we actually see two plans unfold at once, right? We see the, uh, the, the Jewish girl and Marcel, um, their, their plan of setting off all the fire and stuff. Oh, well, no, no. Not before the sniper comes into the projection room. Yes. And this is where he goes from like that, you know, love struck puppy dog to fucking monster. Dude. Yeah. He kicks open the door because she goes, no, like, leave me alone. Like, go watch your fucking movie. And he goes, and. (laughs) Oh, my phone this time. Sorry, guys. That's my bad. It's the Miz. So you have Miz's number? Ziggler. Oh, that you've got Ziggle's number? Oh, yeah. Back when he had the white belt. Yeah. Dude, when he feuded with The Miz, that was a good feud, though. Fuck yeah. It was. That's, I can see why you confused him for The Miz. Those two always, you know, were coming out and Well, they, they, yeah, and they were fighting over that white belt for a minute. Um, and they both, like, wrestled super state. Ziggle doesn't get enough credit. No, that dude was amazing. Mm, yeah. yeah. In, in, the mid, in the mid to late 20-teens, yeah, he, he was great. And I hate that they never put him up for fucking... Something higher than the U.S. or the Intercontinental. You know what sucks, and this is going to sound weird saying it because this name is just like a no-no name to say. But I would have loved to see like Dream Match Fantasy Book, him in his prime versus Benoit in his prime, or Eddie. Yeah, or Eddie, or Eddie in his no. prime. No, you know who I'd like to see because they were kind of similar for how they don't say Sean. Don't no. say okay. No. Perfect. I want to see yes, Kurt Henning yeah. versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, because Mr. Perfect could fucking wrestle a broom and it would be a better match than anything Roman Reigns can pull off. Oh, I went there. Yes, I did. He's his wrestling on point, his character off screen or his, you know, his persona, his backstage guy. Man, he's boring. Holy fuck. Not Kurt Henning. Not Kurt Henning. Roman Reigns. Reigns, yeah. Yeah. His wrestling is entertaining to watch. He has a fun finishing move. He's really charismatic in the ring when he's wrestling, but when he's like backstage talking to the camera it's just boring oh can we go to commercial please holy shit i know it makes you miss bray doesn't it it's like can stardust come out with a fucking steel chair and say some fucking crazy shit please I thank know. you dude how much does it, every time i see roman i'm like fuck i miss bray because that guy could read a phone book to me yeah bray was an entertainer yeah dude he was smartest man in the business i really can't wait to see these these he apparently worked on two movies and they got made did they? That's what I've been told. I've been told they got made. I don't know where they are or what, but that's what he was doing during COVID in his time mm-hmm. off. God, I hope they get released at some point. Yeah, me too, dude. Like fucking what Wyndham Rotunda, man. Best brain in the business. So uh then um he barges in and and uh he's like he's had enough. 
And, uh, you know, he's like, look, uh, she's like, you hurt me. And he goes, oh, so you can feel shit? Oh, okay. Yeah. And he goes, I killed 300 men. You really think that you're going to be able to push me? Yeah, you don't say no to me. And I'm like, ooh, a little rapey, bud. Yeah. Yeah. You. But then she feigns like, oh, this is what I've been looking for. Lock the door. fine. Yeah, lock the door. He's like, wait, really? She's like, yeah, lock the door. She goes, for the 37th time, lock the fucking door, please. He turns around, four shots to the back. Yep, with that Walther PPK. Again, that gun makes a lot of appearances in this. Mm Mm-hmm. But once again, proving that it's, you know, not the most, it's not the hottest round coming doesn't, out of that bitch. Doesn't have man stopping power, does it? Yeah, no, it does not. No. So she goes to check on, you know, what she thinks is the dead body, and he turns around with his fucking Walther. She, she also looks mournful, too, when she's checking on him. Yeah, she almost feels, because she she looks out to the screen. And, and sees his him, baby face, yeah. Yeah, his baby face, and he's like, you know, kind of sitting there kind of reflecting on what he did and she's like oh maybe he is a person and she goes to turn around it's like nope he's a nazi he's not a person shoots her three times in the chest yeah and then one after for good measure but while the shooting is going on the projection room because they're watching a war movie no one notices yeah and there's a lot of gunfire in that in that movie where it's just gunfire constantly yeah i was like that's it's almost like an exploitation film of how much fucking gunfire is, right? It makes it's, a Rob Zombie movie look tame. It does. It's just gunfire the whole time. I wonder if there is like a small version of that out, kind of like how, you know, in American Werewolf in London, the porno and Piccadilly Circus, that film actually exists. Really? They made it for that movie, yeah. And oh. uh, and what's his name directed it too. Next, you're going to tell me they, for like Grindhouse, they, made, they actually made Werewolf Women of the SS. Uh, they... Yes and no. So they did make that movie. It's uh, what? It's on the ABCs of Death Part Two. I'm uh, not kidding. I'm not kidding. Do you ever see the ABCs of Death? No. They're good. They're good movie. They're they're like they're. I, I saw Faces of Death. No. ABCs of Death are A is for Apple, B is for Boy. They're it's 26 10 minute films, like by 26 different directors. It sounds terrible. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's not. It's actually quite good, and and they're all really dark, hmm. and they're all by like aspiring filmmakers. Look it up, dude. They're actually really good. I've in fact number one. I've seen twice. I liked it so much. Hmm. Um, shot. Yeah, it's it kind of came out in that weird genre like around twenty the mid teens, where there was a bunch of like just hor- remember back in the day when Netflix had tons of horror movies and they were all like just unknown movies like Would You Rather? Yes, and um. Those two movies. There was one called uh, "The Way We Are," or wait, the the way it's something like that about a cannibal family. Um, there was a couple of really good Catherine Isabel. That's why I found American Mary was on there. Um, Catherine Isabel, give me a call at seven zero seven three seven three zero six zero. So anyway, <laughs> one of these days she's not gonna call. Man, John Cena's got my number. Wouldn't that be funny if she actually shows up here at the cutting room floor? Dude, I, I, and she fu- doesn't look like she did 20 years ago. I will have a divorce lawyer at my house within seconds. Her belly looks like mine. Don't care. Just as hairy. Dude, I'll lay my head on that belly and go, Catherine Isabel. Yeah. Well, at least you can do it to her. It's weird when you keep doing it to me. I'm not doing it to you. I'm speaking to the <laughs> mic to, to her. Look, if you know her, like, come on, man. I just want to meet her. Shake her hand and smell her feet. Um, Please tell me she's on Cameo. I'm going to look her up and see if she's on Cameo. Oh, my God. If she's on Cameo. Um, you know who does Cameos? 
<clears throat> Shaggy too dope from Insane Clown Posse. I kind of want him. I to saw do, it. I kind of want I him to it. do us because he does like actual really long ones. They're not just short, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I kind of want him to do it. Maybe that should be like, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> dude, we should. I should do a cameo. You should as Joker or something, or one of my voices, that or maybe cool. Jeff Stone Cold Bloom. <laughs> That's your worst one, and I love it. Jeff Stone Coldbloom is the best one. I, I think Ch Chaz might be the best one. Hi, the Chaz. Chaz is great. And then my wife actually said to me after listening up, she goes, "I actually feel really bad for the Chaz." You're supposed to. I know. He's that annoying friend that you have that you keep around because it's like she's God, like he I got molested a lot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Also, I commented, I'm pretty sure the Chaz wasn't born in the 70s. I'm pretty sure the Chaz did a lot of fucking quaaludes in the fucking 70s. Perhaps. Yeah. I think he was born in the 50s. My mama used to give me these giant pills. I used to take him and fall asleep, and I'd wake up with a sore bum bum hole. <laughs> God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love the Chaz. So, uh... Where the fuck are we? This is where everything goes nuts. After she dies, then the reel switches over to her head going, because uh, uh, it shows him and her, and they're laying down, and then you see him on the screen go, who has a message for Germany? And then it cuts to her going, I have a message for Germany, and mm -hmm. you will see the face of the Jew that brings doom to you all. Uh, uh, Marcel, light it, up, Marcel. light it up. And he goes, with pleasure, Chelsea. And he flicks a cigarette. It goes up, and dude, that screen goes up and like, like a... Like a, like a fuse. Yeah. As this is going on, uh, right before, right, they have the punching guns. Uh, yeah. Does Eli Roth and Dominic Ducoco, and he goes, "Hey man, do you have you have thirty seconds to get to that gap?" And he's like overacting as per usual, and and he goes, "I can because I have to." And then he assassins Creed, does the yep. Superman punch. That was fucking dope. And thirty. The reason he said thirty because that's a lot. Usually in a gunfight. There's the what they call the 21 foot rule, where like you can take a guy out if he has a gun and you have a knife. You have 21 feet to close the distance mm. and kill him before he draws and shoots you. You have 21 feet. Yeah. So that's why, like, if you you know for I, whatever reason, if you're in a self defense situation, dude, and you have your gun out. If someone's within 21 feet, they can kill you before you kill them. Because my house is shaped like a nautilus, I feel much safer with a knife than a gun. Like in in my house. Try using knives next time. Uh, Better for close encounters. Okay, whatever, Leon. <laughs> Let me throw my exploding fucking glasses on the ground and use my grappling hook to get out of every situation while you go, Ada, wait. Oh, wait, that's number two. Regardless. That, so, I think that was four as well. Probably. God, she's so good looking. Uh, really? Yeah. What about in the remake? When they make her actually look Asian? I have not gotten far enough to see her Though without- she actually looks Asian. Well, yeah, but I haven't seen her without the glasses on yet. You still haven't beat that game? No, no. I've had so much else come out. Yeah, you've been on the Baldur's Gate fucking needle. I've been needle. on the Baldur's Gate really fucking hard. Dude, I've been... I saw a Carlack and just... Death by snooze, snooze. Death <laughs> by snooze. And the, I'm really pissed off at the game. The fact that I'm playing as a fucking dwarf going up to her seven-foot fucking frame, the fact that the dialogue option for Mommy, I Want Uppies is not up there is criminal! I know a, a lot of people. Oh, actually, we have a Patreon um, that just signed up with us. Um, his really? Name, yeah. Uh, I'm going to call him Harry Otter. Harry. Uh, 
Well, I, I know his real name, but his last name's Otter. Anyway, uh, he is a huge fan and wants to get your gamer tag. And uh, he's a computer player. And you, your H1N1 Zombies is your on handle Steam. on there. On Steam? Yeah. I told him that. So he's probably going to get in touch with you. Cool. I said you might have to bump up your Patreon if you want to play video games with us. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, at, at, I'm yeah, kidding. Steam. Yeah, Steam. So yeah, H1N1 Zombies is your actual handle. Just like how Zach Evergreen is my actual handle on uh, PSN. That's why I use it. It there makes it easy. It does. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Chaos has just broken out. They get guns. They bust in. They have the dynamite still taped to them while underneath Hitler's chair is another thing of dynamite put there by Hans. Mm-hmm. And dude, this is just like... We were talking about the Aurora Massacre. This is like... Aurora Massacre, but with two gunmen and dynamite and the things on fire and the shooting Nazis, so you feel no sympathy. No, no. I I was, I was, went from six to midnight, dude. I was pretty happy watching I'm that. not kidding, dude. There's been tw- two times I've saw this movie, and it's always been in theater where I get a little emotional at that part. Like, I really do. Because it's like... Makes me smile. It doesn't. Like, I really kind of like... You know, I get like the, the suck in. Because you're like, fuck, why didn't that happen instead? That would have been so great. Now, let's cut back to the movie theater. Not the one in the movie, but the one I was in watching this the first time. Remember I mentioned those two punkers that were in Mm -hmm. front of me? They got up and left the theater. And they said something under their breath to the tune of fucking Jew piece of shit fucking writing this movie. Oh, red laces, huh? Yep. Ah, and Nicole was right next to me. Not and we're the like, cool skinheads. No, 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 no. Not rude boys. No, like red laces. Yeah, fuck those guys. And um, the funny thing is, like, we were look. Me, Nicole, and I, and my boss at the time, Gary, we just look kind of looked at each other like, what? And it was when they showed Hitler just becoming Swiss cheese. Oh, that scene was great. They got up and left and locked out of the theater, and we're talking shit. Yeah, no, yeah, actual Nazis. Yeah, no, Who, fuck them. I'm. Who wants to go see a Quentin Tarantino movie about Nazis and you don't know what's coming to you? Right? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, exactly. I didn't think Hitler was going to die the first time I saw this movie, though. If you're listening to the podcast and that was you, uh, kindly go remove yourself from uh, breathing. I don't even want your dollar. No. No. Yeah. Remove yourself from breathing. You've lost breathing privileges. But um, actually, you know what? If they are listening... Come shooting with us. Uh, come uh, on my birthday on March the fourth to uh, Cal Mountain, and um, yeah, you know, just hang out, shoot some guns. No big deal. Great. I got to bring my armor now. Thanks, Zach. Okay, I'll bring my uh, fucking punching punching gun. So yeah, gotta close that fucking thirty foot gap. Now we see the um, we see the exchange where Hans and the radio guy fucking surrender themselves after driving to uh, uh, American occupied territory. And we surrender ourselves to you. You are in our custody. And then he's like, all right, thank you. Now, where's my knife? And he gives his knife and bam, he just shoots the dude with a Walter. Like, yeah. the, and he goes, what did you do that for? I, I talked to your your commanding officer to, in exchange for his life. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, the, you'll be shot for this. And he goes, nah, nah, not shot. Probably chewed out. I've been chewed out I, before. I've been chewed out before. And then he does the whole thing like, what are you going to do when you get to that house in Nantucket? What are you going to do with that Nazi uniform? And he goes, You're going to take it off and burn and it? He knows it's coming. And he goes, that's what I thought. I was afraid you'd say that. Yep. And, We're going to give you something that you can't take off. And then this is one of the most brutal scenes in any Tarantino film because you actually see the skin like an Peel envelope away. up. Yep. You, you know? Peels away from the white meat. Yeah. And it's this effect looks so goddamn good. 
because at first you think it's a fake head, but then you see him screaming and moving his head, and you're like, wow, that's a great prosthetic effect. And he's like grabbing the the dirt and, mm-hmm. and grass and shit. And he go, and then uh, the dude from the office goes, man, are you the bitch? He goes, uh, you know, little man. Yeah, little man. They don't call me that. No, they do. Yeah, that's that's the that's German's name for you. He's like, that's we, my nickname. They fucking call me little man. He goes, yeah, you're the Apache. I'm the Jew hunter, and uh, you're the little man. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. Stop I was it. actually what? surprised you were that tall when I met you. Yeah, he goes, I was. Exp- he's like, you're short, midget. but you're not like circus midget short. <laughs> that part's funny, uh, and, and the way he plays it, just straight. Like, wait, wait a minute, why? It's it's like you might be sentenced to death in a second and you're worried that they call you little man really he, he was doing so well but the problem is in that scene all i saw was ryan from the office me too i know even though i hate ryan from the office and i actually do like this character a lot i like the actor i do not like the character he plays he's like draco malfoy where it's like yeah. god i fucking or or joffrey from game yeah. of thrones no, i, know like, what you I meant. fucking hate that character to the point where it's like he's an actor he's an actor yeah he doesn't deserve the hate he's getting in real life you know what's funny but though man but, but like like i said again hans Hateable. christoph waltz it's like i like his character he's a charming fucker in this movie mm-hmm. anyway um B gets what he deserves. I'm very happy for that. So we get credits after this, but not before. It's like, I think he goes, you the bitch. I think I just did my masterpiece. Yep. <laughs> and that's Inglorious Bastards. Fucking great movie. So we gave it an 89. 89. Yeah. 9, Yeah. 89, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9. Yeah. Yeah. We almost did a fucking oopsie there. <laughs> well, we, we could have gave it an 88.9. Yeah, we're, we're. I'm not. I'm not getting canceled for that. Fuck that. And also, I'm not gonna try and throw out any you know, unintentional dog whistles, dude. You know, I don't want people to be like, oh, yeah, he gets no. us, brother. It's like, yeah, I, fuck off. I will tell you, dude. I almost got in a fight with two groups of Nazis on two separate occasions at two different bars, and both of them said 88. That's really how they, and then one of them said, dude, I shit you not. I almost beat this guy to death with a stool, and I told, <laughs> and my, it was me and my band were there, so I had numbers on my side, but he said, I could smell the Jew all over you. Now, you're lucky my boys aren't here, and your boys are, and I was just about to be like, all yeah. right, I'm going to sweep the stool from underneath you, and I'm going to beat you with it, and it was at Port Costa, so there was no, oh, yeah. In front of the bear. Yeah, in front of the bear, and- <laughs> I bet you we could have got out of there before cops came because there's only one road or there's two roads out. And depending on which road you take out of there, I could have took the four or the 80. You should have turned him into a good Nazi. Uh, I actually told Ian about it and Ian freaked out. Really? Yeah. Ian flipped out what Ian was drinking. And, Uh you know, Ian is a hot headed Italian guy. when, When Ian gets drunk, dude, Ian will fight you. He'll lose, but he will fight you. Like, Ian's the first one to, to... I remember one time someone was fucking with Jonathan's car at a gig. Ian grabbed a mic stand and ran out after these guys. And, like, four dudes was, like, waving it around like 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 fucking like a spear. Like, he, he was doing some, like, uh, some Donatello shit with a mic stand. <laughs> Unfortunately, he broke the fucking mic stand but chased the dudes away. God. Yeah. I told you about that guy that showed up at my fucking doorstep at early in like four o'clock in the morning, right? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Some guy showed up at, at my doorstep four in the morning and I opened the door because I want to see if it's raining outside. So I opened the door and there's this guy standing there like inches away from my fucking face. Mm. And I'm like, hey, bud. And he, we kind of startled each other. 
And he was fucking tweaked out. He was wigged out. He was looking at my like Halloween decorations and shit. Oh, really? And he's telling me, oh, they're, they're these people. They're trying to get me. They're trying to break my neck. Can you call the cops? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's happening. I'm like, he's like, I'm, I'm just trying to get safe. I'm like, you'll be safest right over there so at the end of the driveway. Was this, okay? like, was this like fentanyl or something? I, probably. I'm like, you'll be safest right over there at the end of the or, driveway. Or like, or like, and he's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, stand right there. Bad acid or something? I don't know. But I look, I'm like, honey. Bring me my axe. And she, without hesitating, brought me. She's like, okay, here. Why? I'm like, go in the room. Like, Wait a minute. Okay. You don't, you don't have your axe at, uh, right next to your door like I do? No, I had it next to the bed. But Interesting. Yeah, it lives by the door now. <laughs> but I'm like, all the means of destruction that I have. And I'm like, honey, axe. bring me my axe. Yeah, it's that. Bring me my axe. It's that fucking dwarf life, man. It's the beard. You know, I have proficiency with it, apparently. Oh, uh, by the way, though, I I do need to say something. Um, Today, uh, as it's being recorded, January 4th, as I leave you, I would like to leave you with a song um, because this would have been Peter Steele's birthday. Um, I believe he would have been 64 today. Hmm. So, um, sucks, but what are you going to do? Yep. So, from all of us at the Knife Party Podcast, uh, you know, be kind, rewind, be ethical to each other. Do you have anything before we get out of here? The only good Nazi's a fucking dead Nazi. Say a vita zang to your Nazi balls. That should be your new sign-off. <laughs> so, I might start using that. So, I'm going to throw up the voting on uh, tonight, um, and uh, let's, let's get the finalization of uh, Tarantino Month and see what's going on. We have a week to decide. Let's do it. Good night, guys. That's about it. That's all we have. I hope it wasn't too disappointing. We will see you on tour. Until then, 